We are back after more than a month of shows on the road. We're back in our homes where we belong. <laughs> They'll let us back out in another four years for live Hotline League at North American Worlds. Uh, I'm joined tonight by my constant co-host, Mark Zimmerman. How's it going, Mark? It's going good. I drove home last night, been uh, just trying to revitalize myself today. I have this uh, blame game, some other stuff going on this week. But uh, what's the other yeah, I'm, stuff? I'm ready for. I'm ready for the off season. I'm ready to be fucking done. You know. What is the What is the other stuff? Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say or not. I, I don't think it's a big deal. So I'm Leak, just I'm leak, just gonna leak, say it. But, I mean, have you seen the the things that the little esports YouTube channel was putting out? Like the lists. Kobe did one. Yeah. I've not. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing one of those this week. Oh. Yeah, I don't I, think I that's too crazy. Not a big deal. Yeah, you're yeah. promoting their content. I feel like that's completely yeah. I fun. think they would be excited. Wait, like, hey, look lists? out for this. What was Kobe's list? Uh, just I think ultimate list is probably the easiest way to find yeah. it. Yeah, his was like all time plays list. or something. Ah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, we also got Raz joining us here tonight. How's it going, Raz? It's been good. I flew in yesterday morning. Funny enough, I thought it was going to be a great idea to fly in, like, super, super early, and I can just sleep on the flight. But It's I like a 40-minute flight. That was the problem. I don't know why I didn't think that, like, the second step of, oh, this is a short-as-hell flight. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm actually going to have to sleep earlier. And it was good because I wasn't intending to go to the after party. Um, and then I couldn't even sleep on the flight. I had a crying baby behind me. And my Hog. and my little headphones did not charge when I had plugged in all night, dude. I was it's, like, what the hell? It's a forty-five minute flight anyway. Like that's not. I would have slept. I, yeah, I, I know. Sleep I'm not. Like say, this. I'm just saying. Like, oh, I could just fly early and sleep on the flight is like a weird thing to say. Whatever, it's barely a nap. Look, I know, but I was setting it up, setting up for it, and it just didn't work out. I swear. Not only was this this baby wasn't just crying, by the way. Like there's a difference. There's a difference in crying and going and wild. Trump. Like it was like, this is my random. You know, we'll I'll, I'll talk, talk about that a little later. That's my Grubhub driver. Um, but yes, literal tantrum, just going ah, like fucking Jeez. wilding. Literally, everyone around this baby was like, "What the fuck is going on with this ch child?" And usually, the parents would have some elevated because everyone feels bad and. For the parent in that situation you're like the parents are trying to make it better these parents were like nah this is just another day i was like holy shit you're just not even doing anything i don't feel don't bad feel for nothing? the parents in that situation i'm like why did you bring this child on this plane and ruin my experience what are you gonna do like i had empathy for the parents and they just had a possessed ass baby man <laughs> the, the amount of empathy the ba the, the parents get is like scales with like how empathetic they're trying to look themselves like if they look worried about the people around them then i feel bad for them but if they don't look like they give a shit then like i don't you got fuck you guys you know like yeah i learned that street today. there i learned that and then i had the sassiest bus driver like the perfect level of sass <laughs> it was it was literally 7 a.m and she was trying to get us to be under energetic while we were getting to the next destination she's like where's your energy guys uh-huh you may not have, you may not be first class, but when you guys are living a good life, you're first class over here. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, what is going on? Anyways, too much energy. 
way too early on in this flight from a baby and a bus driver. That's my story time. Thank you. Um, you said you didn't go to the after party. Travis, did you go to the after party? I did. You also did not go, Mark. And yeah, I, I skipped. I mean, because it went from supposedly like 11 to 1 and like yeah. the games ended at 11. No, it went till it 2. Like, it went till 2, oh, but I think the it? confusion was that at 2, it became 1. So the joke was what? it went till 2 and then I look at my watch and now it's 1 again because of the time change. And I was like, oh, we could party for another hour. So Wait, there was a time change? Hour? No, I did not. But yeah, I, was there for, I was there for an hour and a half. Yes, daylight I savings time happened, Mark. Do you not realize that? I didn't even know. No, I realized daylight savings. No, it was me that didn't realize it. Everything I have just automatically changes, so I did not know. How the hell did I not miss my flight? <laughs> well, because your alarm still sets you up at the same time and all that stuff. Like, That's crazy. Thank God for technology, guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, it was at the Giants Stadium for the people that are asking. Yeah. How, how was it? I didn't... Uh, it was actually I, really cool. I, I um, it, okay. I don't normally get invited to those things. I don't know how I got invited to this one, but I uh, saw a lot of different people there, had some good conversations. Uh, I mean, I was only there for like a little bit over an hour because we stuck around for press conferences. I interviewed Deft, which is the first time since 2013 that I've been able to get an interview after finals. Riot has not done, has not allowed one-on-one -on -one interviews since 2013. And the last time I, the last time for context that I interviewed anybody after finals was Faker when he won his very first worlds. Um, and so nine years later, we, we back to the one-on-one -on -one interviews after that's, that's how bad things got in groups with, uh, the media access that they were like, fuck it. We're turning on one-on-ones for finals. Um, but anyway, that was really cool. So, but yeah, I was only there for a little bit, but they did have Mario Kart on the jumbotron, which was pretty fun. I hung out with, I mostly hung out with Broden and, uh, Dan Peralt from players. They were really fun to chill with. Uh, did you figure out where, which team Doublelift's going to? Where's Doublelift going? Um, I have been sworn to secrecy on that issue. I actually sent a message about it earlier tonight and was told uh, not to say anything. So I wouldn't be surprised Why don't we leak without it much. Instead? You were working you, alongside Doublelift. You, you were sworn to secrecy, month. but... But was it an NDA or was it like a friendship thing? Because... I, it, uh, was a, it was a friendship thing. I think the the bigger thing is... Uh, I think the bigger thing is you, you say leak for views. I'm pretty sure I will get more views by being friendly with him uh, in the long term, uh, regardless of what ends up happening in the offseason, if he plays or he doesn't or whatever. But uh, yeah. Does the team name begin with a T or an E or a Y or a C or a oh. D? All I'm or... saying, Travis. Who are your real friends? There's about 1,000 of us, okay? Not Has he played two. on this team before? It's like, uh, guess who? You know, you have the little thing, you just flip them down. Yes or no questions. Blink once if he has not played on this team before. I mean, I mean what I can say is there's no... I don't think anything's ironclad yet. I guess like I'll two blinks. That. I will say there's nothing is ironclad yet, so... Uh, hey, I, I was probably something I should not even say, even if I even if I did know, because ironclad. nothing is ironclad yet. Oh, if it's not ironclad, then it could be liquid clad. <laughs> oh, true. Oh, there we go. There we have it. I He's think we're closer. Okay, after Gooba's performance in the finals, they're like, get this guy out of here.
<laughs> he, he deserves a good if team. You will, see, see how T1 fans are, some T1 fans are reacting. They're like, get Zeus out of here, man. Yeah, Let's yeah. get us a real top I mean, some people like, were saying the it. same thing about Faker, right? So. I don't think anyone said it. I didn't see it about Faker. I saw a lot about Zeus. Shout out to Alienware and Grubhub for sponsoring. Uh, speaking of Grubhub, by the way, we have a giveaway that is expiring in the next couple hours. So if you're listening to this on VOD, you it's too late. But uh, please go enter our giveaway. You can do exclamation mark giveaway in the chat to get the link. And uh, signing up for that is really helpful. I did a poor job of promoting it. So you actually have a very decent chance of winning something from it. Um, okay. What else? Um, Guys, I just want to say... Just talk about... I just want to say the finals were so good that last night I opened up League of Legends and I solo queued into a game of Summoner's Rift. What the hell? That is. I don't believe it. No, you go. You look at my. And then here's the thing. Post I was the like, mass history. Let, let us see. Post well, it. Here's, it here's the thing. Way. I played. I played a draft or whatever. Um, and I was like, okay, I'll play Blitzcrank, but apparently Blitzcrank very meta right now because yep. Insta banned. And then I played again this morning, and Blitzcrank was first picked uh, by the other team, even though it got through banned. So then I, I've just, I'm like, this is not fun. Um, but I won my first game last night, and then we surrendered today because we had people screaming at each other. It was not fun. Yep. Uh, but that's how good finals were. Was that I? Because I, I haven't, I don't play much Summoners Rift these days because I don't like playing without friends, and my friends are, are either way out of my league, literally. Or they don't play League right now. They play like TFT or Val or something. And so I was like, fuck it. I want to play. And even if I don't have friends to play games with, I will play this game of League of Legends. So you played Alistar yesterday. Yeah. No, this morning. Oh, wait, you, you you played two games. Yes. You I played said I played this morning then... as well. Yeah. Yeah. You won one. Let's, let's go. Yeah, last night's game. And then we surrendered this morning, so. At least we're... The fact that you got to play a game because of that final speaks volumes of that final. I mean, sure. I also played Wild Rift once I got in bed, too, so. Uh, which is the superior version of League of Legends, really. It's just sad nobody really plays it. But, uh, yeah, no. That's how good the finals were. <laughs> they were that good. Anyway. Yeah, those finals were great. The opening ceremony yeah, I, mean, it was... I loved. <clears throat> Ooh, okay, so... Should we talk about opening ceremony? Like, Are we going to pull a, a caller about it, you think? that That's what I was about to ask. Like, I assume for this, like, we have the entire off-season to go about NA stuff, so I think we will try and focus a little bit more on Worlds and... Yeah, I think we can pull we'll some off-season callers because there's some rumors out there, and, like, now is when yeah, people can Yeah, that's more, like, speculate. specific rumors rather than, like, Elsie, I should do this or that kind of yeah, thing, yeah, you yeah. know? Yes, yes. Uh, so I think um, so I think definitely... if, if people are trying to get pulled into the show right now, I think we're going to try to balance half of it on finals and worlds kind of retro, talk about opening ceremony, talk about what you thought was good or bad about worlds. There was also the press conference where... No one cares. John Edom, yeah, a lot of people cared when John Edom said there was oh, going to oh, be double I... a limb. I think you cared, I... Mark. No, no, I, I do care. I thought you were going to say, like, you, you always complain about media press conferences with players. I thought you were going there. No, 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 um, there, oh, Yeah, there was the press conference, the, the Riot press conference. Also, here's a moment where I should say, uh, while Mark starts looking at callers and, and folks, as you guys are all typing your takes into the pleb topics and subtopics chat, 
um, on Discord, which Numi's putting the Discord in uh, to chat right now. But uh, I should say I did, and I don't even think Mark knows this, a 50-5-0, 50-minute-long interview with John Needham, the president of Riot Games. We go back and forth a lot on Double Limb. We talk about tickets. We talk about LCS import stuff. We talk about balancing Valve versus League and things like the LC the rumored LCS schedule. We talk about a lot of things. I'm hoping to get that out on Wednesday, uh, but no promises because Drew is back at his real job. Um, Can I get one thing out quick before yeah. we get the caller in? Um, a, so I wanted to comment on the fact that that uh, press conference because I wanted to give you credit once again. Love the fact that you chased that question back because I feel as though if you didn't do that, holy shit, would anyone actually ask that question? Oh, the double limb thing? Yeah, the double limb thing. Maybe it does get asked, but that one was like, because I was, the one thing that really tilted me was that we were just going into the same format with no explanation. So I enjoyed the fact that at least they said that that was something they were thinking about and they would change the format. And actually good on Needham to clarify and saying that they were we were gonna just stick to single a limb because obviously I fucking hate single a limb. But if that if he didn't come in and clarify immediately afterwards, they would have just said like we're we're changing the format. And then we go into next year with no double limb. We're like, what yeah. the fuck happened? Yeah, I I mean that's fair. That's fair. At the time, I thought it was kind of crazy because like Nas was like, cool, cool, yeah, we're gonna change format. Everything's cool. And then Needham's like, but wait, just so you all know. Yeah. All my homies ate double a limb. Fuck double a limb. We, we, uh, <laughs> so, uh, to, to give him, to, to Raz's point, to give him credit, that's way yes. better than pretending that yeah, they're giving yeah, us yeah, what yeah. they want and then just pissing everyone off next year. Like, get yeah. get us pissed off now at right before World Finals where we're all going to forget about it because it was, it was like World Finals and sick, you know? Yeah. And like, versus like when it comes out next year and the world's format's announced and we're all just like, what? Yes, exactly. So credit to you for asking the question and chasing that down. Credit to Needham for like jumping in to make it clear. Because when, when it was initially said I was by Naz, that was like, yeah, we're changing the format. I was like, okay, that's good. We're getting exactly what we want because the base of the question was on double limb, and so he made it clear that it wasn't double limb. So now we can actually have the conversation again. So I was like, yeah, yeah. They, it's constant oh, content yeah. for us. Mark can make another blame game next year about the format. Um, there next we go. year, try to tonight, this week. Raz, if you liked the wait, Mark, are you gonna do another format blame game about it, or are you gonna do it about T wide losing? Uh, it's gonna be a little column A, a little column B. It's 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 not really about format, but like kind of about format. Okay, I'm yeah, I'm interested to see you because I thought for sure you were gonna do it about the T one stuff. So I don't know. Anyway. Do we um, have a question on the format? Because I can mention one thing quickly. Uh, we we got some format takes. We got uh, this is a pretty okay. good good topic list going right now about world stuff. We got like we can get into four it, or then. five people in the waiter. Um, I think people are leaving the waiter. I've definitely pulled more than four <laughs> we, people. You we, motherfuckers. We're jabbering for so long that they're like, "Fuck it, I'm out. I'm just gonna go home." Um, if I pull you in the waiting room, you leave. I'm gonna. I'm no, Raz. If you if you appreciate <laughs> me asking that question, then you will appreciate the conversation back and forth with Needham and I on. Oh yeah. Thing. Uh, the fact I, that he accepted that interview is good too. Yeah, the I'm last thing the last thing I'll say on it is, uh, I re he was very candid in the interview about a lot of stuff. I'm curious to see how the community reacts to his interview. I hope they don't flame him because uh, I thought it was a really good interview. In fact, I think it was one of the best that I've I've had in my my career. 
And mm-hmm. um, but I don't know. I, it's always hard to predict how the community's going to react because I feel like they're just going to hear stuff that they don't want to hear, and then they'll just get angry about it. Um, yeah, which well, is fine, and, I guess. But and, yeah, and just given how little com- communication we've had before, it would be like if it goes poorly in Global's eyes, and they're like, "All right, never mind. We just won't do interviews again." You're like, "Right, no, wrong right. lesson." <laughs> right, exactly. Like yeah. they. That's a big. We also have that conversation in the interview where I'm like, "Hey, listen." The you know league and other parts of right communicate to their community a lot. You guys don't normally. Why is that? You know, there's just a lot of stuff in there, so um, it'll be good. I will say just yeah. quickly then, because there's a lot of. So I'm clearly on the side of double limb, uh, but I'm open to the idea that an, a new format can exist that can make me happy, regardless. This world's was probably a good example. Okay, you know, yeah, this world is probably a good example of like if we had double limbs, we probably would have been robbed of. Well, don't steal, don't steal right. the don't steal the take from what. Okay, fuck, the take. fuck. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. We the la- on, we the last on. thing, the la- the last thing I'll also say, not about the interview, but about something else. As I'm teasing content coming out this week, well, it'll probably come out next week actually. But I had a chance to do surprise test with a bunch of cool people. Uh, some of them, including Billy and Dom. Mr. Beast. No, I oh. tried to get Mr. Beast. I'll tell that story in a second. Billy and Dom, um, and. <laughs> Uh, from who are Marion Pippin from Lord of the Rings, and also Porter Robinson and his partner are also in surprise test. So it's a celebrity surprise test. The I I walked the, Travis. Yes. Oh, sorry, you go first, and I'll, I follow. Why are you? It seems like you're face palming. I tried to get Porter. No, or, no, it's it's a dumb question. It's a dumb question. I tried to get Mr. Beast, and he and his manager walked by, and he's like, "Oh, what are you guys filming?" And I was like, "Oh, we're doing this." Also, I'd be down to do it with Mr. Beast because like I've gotten Porter and these guys, and he's like. I'd be down if it wasn't such a security issue. And I was like, oh, Ryan could pull a security guard over. And he's like, we had like five security guards escorting us in, and it was still touch and go. So uh, uh, I did not get a chance to to grab Mr. Beast, but that would have been really fun. I did end up in, in the suite that he was in for a second, but I, I did not lock eyes. I, you know, I figured I should look away um, and not breathe in his general direction. That makes sense. Ha- yeah. Have you seen the, the interview uh, of like when Lord of the Rings was filming? Of I, I think it's Pippin asking... Frodo about the no, wigs. No, it's Mary. Thing. It's Dom, Dom Monahan. Yeah. Uh, here, it's so funny. Somebody said to him, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." Everybody always gets them mixed up, and somebody yells, "Oh my God, it's Pippin!" And Dom goes, uh, "No, yeah, but it's Mary." He's like, "This always happens." Oh. Do, you, do you know the the interview I'm talking about? Yes, the dolphin. No, you, you were, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. The dolphin. It's where Dom is interviewing Elijah Wood. Yeah. Yes. And there's and a line in there the where wigs. he's like, "You were in Splash, the Dolphin movie, the Dolphins' no. death." Wrong. 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 The wigs. Yes, the wigs. it's the Grand same Wong interview, Ripper Mark. I know, but the one that people talk about is the wigs thing. You're talking about dolphins. It's they talk about both, my friend. I know, but the they've both been viral like, on TikTok lately. Guys, I don't know what the fuck you guys are talking about. <laughs> Who's Elijah Wood? Brandy Wine River in the chat says there are two TikTok sounds, one about wigs, one about splash. Both have yeah, TikTok the, sounds that are viral. The wigs one's the only one people care about. That's not accurate. Uh, True. All right, Twitch chat's starting to revolt. So, Chupacabra, if you're here for leaks, then you can fuck off because I do this show for all sorts of reasons. Double lifts joining. Leaks um, are G2. only one of them. If you don't believe me, just fucking check back here in a month. Double is joining G2. Put it on Twitter, Reddit right now. We don't give a shit. <laughs> anyway, shall we grab our first caller? Bjergsen's going with him. 
Uh, my Discord just broke when I said that. Like, I actually. <laughs> You're I being silent. Yeah, what the fuck is happening right now? Holy shit. Right, I th wait, maybe I'm good. Okay, off Marcos. Thank you to a bunch of people who subbed, including Zamelkai, Smoke Dog for three years. Thank you, Smoke Dog. G2 Biased Caster, 1997. I bid you a brew. I love Kapafe and Papayar. Thank you for the subs. By the way, I just want to say, a lot of you came up to me uh, throughout Worlds and said, like, oh, I'm a Twitch sub. And then you told me your name. And it was really fun to meet a lot of you in person. So, uh, yeah. OG Kush is here. OG Kush, where are you calling from? Hello. I am calling from... Chapel Hill, North Carolina. North Carolina. What do you want to talk about on the show? So my take was basically about uh, single limb versus double elimin elimination. Um, I think that this world's is a testament to why there should not be double elimination bracket for the knockout stage. And I think that double elimination prevents Cinderella runs like DRXs um, from happening. I, I will say that this is, I believe, a belief of at least some people within Riot who feel as though this world's validated their single limb thoughts. So yeah, go, go, I, ahead, and was, go ahead and elaborate, Kush. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think like, uh, I, I think that like, there are certain things like um, draft preparation, like for example, like in game five, they uh, banned the Lux away, leaving the Caitlyn up. They're like certain like like adaptations that you can save in your pocket and whatnot. Um, and you can get a lot from a series like on, on matchup wise and, and whatnot that 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 favors more experienced and 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 better teams on average, at least in my opinion. Um, and so I think that like puts. Um, Teams like DRX, who definitely peaked at the right time, um, at a at a disadvantage. So, um, yeah. Mark, you okay back there? You look like you're. That's about oh, the biggest face I've ever, I think, I've ever seen. No, my, my Discord is just freaking out. I had to reboot it in the middle of that, but I think I got the gist of the call. Sure. Um, Raz, you want to go first or should I? I can go first. Because that's thank God you pulled this because that was kind of what I was getting into, and I would have ruined it a little. Yeah, this yeah, world. I I get it out of the way. This was perfect in um, explaining why double single limbs <laughs> could work because of that Cinderella run. If Mark, Jesus you Christ, get a hold of yourself, Mark Zimmerman. All right, I see what you're trying to do. <laughs> <He's> just dying <laughs> over there. <laughs> Somebody help, Mark. Bro, he's dying. I was so hard, I kept misclicking the mute button. So I was trying. To, and then you made me start laughing. I kept fucking missing the mute button, just coughing in the microphone. I'm trying to. Move. That's amazing. We're back. We're back. We're back doing this stuff online again, and it's already off the rails. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like 100%, this is probably the best example of this because Genji, you know, definitely, Chovy probably has his worst series that I've ever seen him having. Like, he choked in a lot of situations, and if he had that back, they could have gone far. Dom one, definitely with how well they played, hilariously enough, versus Genji. They could have made a lower bracket run. They were getting better and better as a team. Um, and you can make the case for JDG, but, I, you know, at the end of the day, like, double elimination actually would have ruined this storyline. 
Um, and what Needham said was true, that um, there are more stakes if you lose one series. Now, do I still value double limb? Yes. I think double limb is still better. But this, but it is a harder conversation. It's not a black and white. Um, and if they do find a way to change the format where group stage is more meaningful, planes is not complete like dog water unless if you have like comp like all of the competitive regions going in there and it's not a travesty for the lower regions you don't use that like word. if you have the format just drastically better and you keep single elimination you know i'll be happy i'm happy i'll be marginally happy i still think we should have a double elimination but like you're right we had the best finals because drx once again credit to drx they got better throughout the split throughout the tournament and they got better throughout the split but literally gen g and t1 played really bad genji in particular like chovy played poorly zayas played poorly while also giving away a trucks um and then even in the one game like the 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 what's it called i rewatched the game uh game one where they won through drx of course making a few mistakes losing first drake to various q uh you know fucking up the rift herald fight uh, but at the end end of the day camping the yone lane and making yone like the focus and he was performing really well until you lost flash anyways i'm going into the nitty-gritty but I think that was a really randomly risky strategy when Aatrox was broken. And one of the biggest lessons that teams learned throughout uh, quarterfinals and groups was to just ban or first pick Aatrox. And they tried to be way too cute um, versus Kingan, who was performing well. So I agree with the caller. But uh, I want double limb. Um, so I don't agree with this take because it's just assuming that DRX wasn't good. And to Raz's point about like, oh, these other teams didn't play cleanly. Like, excuse me, did you watch what happened to DRX? Like, they could have 3-1 this series if they played correctly uh, from all the winning positions they were in. In game one, they lost three objectives that they should have owned. They lost two dragons in first Herald, like you said. They lost yep. how many smites to Baron? <laughs> you know, like just crazy yep, insane shit. Like kept... Yeah, Pioshik played bad too. So like for people who are like coping like, oh, T1 just played bad. I'm like, did you see all the mistakes DRX made and still won? Like, come on. Um, so like, I, I don't, I see what you're saying. Like there's a possibility that if you put a lower bracket on Genji comes from the bottom and, uh, ends up winning, but like, why is that not hype? Like a team that it chokes and then has to bounce back through losers is, is hype. Like lower bracket runs. If you've watched any tournament is awesome in other esports. like the lower bracket run is its own thing. Um, and it's not like those tournament scenes that do lower bracket don't have underdog stories. So I think there's this really like false dilemma being created, a false dichotomy where it's like, well, if you put lower bracket on, you can't have underdogs. And it's like, what? That happens all the time. Yeah. Well, lower bracket and, and be, is the underdog, really. Like when you have somebody re meet each other again. To be fair here, this wasn't just a, a, a Cinderella story that people really cared about. It was the, the narrative was actually pretty thick around death that everyone was talking about. The fact that he's yeah. like never won a world championship, that Carrie uh, is going up against his former teammates. I think this one was like there were so many reasons for people to care about this team um, that it wasn't like let's say Genji comes back and wins it through a lower bracket run. That's still exciting in the sense that like they made the mistake earlier, but people can like easily rewrite that and be like, well, they were, you know, a seed one team really like yeah but, but my point is like mistake. one j just like drx was not the entire tournament they, yeah they ended up winning so they ended up getting the final thing but we have watched years upon years of fucked up brackets too 
So yeah. like, I'm not going to like hand wave like the last 10 years or since 2014 of fucked up brackets just because like one worked out ideally, finally. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, so for me, that's like, okay, KTIG, great. We played finals in fucking quarters because our seating system sucks. But also like if that single back hit Nexus it was a five game series, you know, like how many times have we had the finals and semis rocks versus uh t1 you know like yeah. you don't want to watch that again like there's so many times where a lower bracket gives you extra storylines it's not like they disappear you just get a different story and i think people like really struggle with this concept of like oh well then the things in the upper bracket suddenly don't matter it's like no they still matter but they just feed into other stories as well like lower bracket runs people saying ti but like jesus i watched a lot of fighting games too dude like there's insane lower bracket runs that happen all the time in other esports yeah um, I think and oh go ahead I was like, yes, completely agree. Oh, you go ahead. I think. Okay, I was just going to say, I think the funny thing is anybody who claims that Riot just tries to give like PR answers on stuff is not paying attention to this because they are giving like an obviously honest answer where they're just like, we feel this way, so we're doing it. When there are actually way better answers to give that I think would satiate people at least a little bit more. Like, for instance, yeah. you could say... Worlds, one of the things we love about Worlds is the fact that whenever we go to different regions, we can travel around between cities. And running a, a, a double elimination tournament creates a lot more logistical issues in running through and traveling between all these different cities and scheduling. And we've thought about it before, but like this is actually a much bigger challenge for us. And so until we can solve for that, like we are not ready. Or you could say... <clears throat> We think bracket resetting is really difficult, and it would feel really bad if we didn't reset the bracket, and yet it also feels odd to have our finals day be potentially 10 games and presents also logistical and production issues and nightmares for us, and so we can't, we're not going to do it until we can solve for this bracket reset situation. And so we're always looking at it, but until we could solve for that, whatever. These are like actual, you know, maybe not everybody would like be fine with those answers, but like they're at least, in my opinion, reasonable answers. Um, but instead they're like, nah, we don't like it. And so it's just, it's yeah, very Yeah, they just go like other, other traditional sports don't do it. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. reason. Yeah. And I it's think like, that's what, what pisses people off just as much. Because like I'm, post, I'm trying to just state the reasons for double elim. I, I'm like Raz. I like double elim more. I don't think seal... Like the problem, the problems with worlds are mostly around seeding and group stage and play-ins. And like, yeah. there's like double Elim honestly is like fourth on my list of like problems with worlds, um, yeah. like to fix. So like for me, not getting double Elim is not the end of the world if they fix the other problems. But like the thing is, if you had double Elim this whole time, it also would have fixed a bunch of the other problems that we have historically had with really improper seeding of bracket stage and stuff like that. That's a, so a funny. I, I would go ahead, Russ. I would have double limb as probably my highest issue or second highest because playing is such a weird one that I feel like that has to be addressed. So maybe that's higher. But for double limb, a lot of the times answers for you know random seating and, and group stage. I think it's so hard in the current formation of group stage or even I don't even like any foreseeable group stage formation to have like quote unquote proper seating. And a lot of the times, like even just team matchups being improper like let's just say oh you're going up against a team that is topside heavy like jdg being more of a team that plays through 369 and be like okay that's just a really bad matchup for us i'm just talking hypothetically a lot of the times double elimination just changes that so you actually get a better um chance to really show how strong you are as a team so like i think it's really high up 
I am playing just just to make it clear to YouTube video viewers or just any viewers. I'm playing a a little bit of a devil's advocate approach and even like giving single elimination an, um, a chance because to the caller's point, this is literally the best example of single elimination working because yes, you can find other storylines. You can always find another storyline from a team that has gone through the lower bracket. Like you're right, Mark. But this one is like the team, like DRX just has the thickest storylines regardless of where, uh, if they get thrown in a lower bracket or anything. Like their team being thrown up against T1 was just probably the best um, storyline you can get. Yeah. That being said, yeah. I thought it was going to be a sweep. I just thought the last, yeah. and, and it wasn't a sweep. So it's like so many things came in. Um, I just, I'm with, play. I'm with Mark on this. Like the very funny thing is I'm not even like, Oh, we must do double limb. Somebody came up to me at the after party and told me that in China, apparently they think of me as like the double limb guy. And there was another <laughs> person at Riot that was like, man, you're just like the double limb champion guy or whatever. And I'm like, I'm not even that. I just asked because the fans want it. And like, I don't think the reasoning to date has been particularly good. So like I'm yeah. going to follow up on it, but I'm not like mister we must go to double limbs or else worlds is a fraud type thing you know it's just very funny yeah yeah what are the i mean uh caller wanted to say something right oh yeah caller can go something yeah. before I, I give my final thought yeah i was gonna say i think the i'm totally with you mark about the issue with um seedings that's like a really glaring issue and obviously that doesn't that doesn't change whether you have single or double elimination but i i think the biggest problem for League of Legends with having double elimination is is the finals, the the finals reset feels really bad for the winner side because I, I so like in fighting games like like melee for example like like double elimin elim is awesome for that and it you know like it's it's super hype having having those loser bracket runs but you know it's obviously more yeah the bracket reset is a big thing two, we couldn't do yeah the two the two BO5s, like you can do two BO5s in the same same day, but like, yeah, dude, it feels so so bad for the for the winners, because there's there's no way you're doing two best of fives for, well, for League One. So, so. Uh, I, well, okay, let me yeah. let me ask you this: uh, Do you watch any of the regional leagues, LEC, LCS, or LPL? And like, how do you feel about their finals? Like, after you watch a finals, you're like, that was dumb, or are you like, that was cool? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's. No, I I do watch the regional ones, and it's 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 like fine. I, like they're it's it. I still think it feels bad for for the team that that made in the winners bracket. Um, but it's like I'm I'm kind of like uh, neutral neutral about it. It just feels like I, I don't know why. It doesn't make. Doesn't, I'll be honest. It doesn't really make sense. It, it feels like different. For it being the world's title than the regional ones, maybe that's because it's LCS and LCS titles don't seem to really matter. But uh, anyways, um, uh, yeah, it just yeah, it just feels. It just Mark, just, give your give your final thoughts because we got We have to move on. We've been talking about this for a long time. Uh, the only thing I'll say is I think uh, double elim. I understand people who want like really high stakes and whatnot, um, but double elim I think adds a lot of extra storylines too like for example JDG could have made a lower bracket run and they're like the black sheep of the LPL everyone hates them no one likes them and here they are the last hope they get knocked out they go losers bracket maybe it's T1 that they have to claw through then they have to claw through Gen G and then they have to claw through DRX who was sitting in winners finals you know like you can get really insane storylines with losers brackets um and stuff and like 
my, my biggest problem is like, this was a great world. Single limb looked fantastic here, but we've had single limb for eight years and there's been a lot of years where it was not great. <laughs> um, and so uh, the nice thing about double limb is it's an easy fix for some of the other problems that we've had uh, where teams get knocked out too early uh, because the bracket play was terrible. But if we fix that, I'm, I'm more okay with it. And that's, that's my final thought. Like that's the stuff that really needs to get fixed is how you, you set the yeah. bracket up. Thank you so much. And- oh, Res, speed run it. Uh- and I have a final thought too, Mr. Gaffer. Speed, speed run it. We've been talking about this for like 25 oh minutes or something. God. Okay, I'll be quick. Um, we have literally have other leagues and other games that have double limb without having that in the finals. Like we don't have to focus that much on the uh, on the FGC. Like it, it. Remember, like if you're in the upper bracket, you are playing less games. You had the second chance throughout. Like you're still getting a major benefit um, of being in the upper bracket. Being having being making a lower bracket run is not just some random like buff or uh, success to have. So I think having a double limb without a best of 10 finals is not something crazy. It's happened consistently, especially in Valorant, which has just a much better format. So Kush, thank you for the call. Anything you want to shout out? Yeah, so shout out to Dorado Gaming Esports, uh, amateur esports organization I'm a part of. Uh, shout out to Blobby and shout out to my wife. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so Thank much you. for the call, and we'll catch you next time. Bye bye. Shout out also to Alienware, our first sponsor of the evening. Love Alienware. I used my X14 notebook the entirety of Worlds. Um, I actually brought my X17 as well. Um, I love the X17 a lot, but I actually didn't even really turn, open it or turn it on because of how. Awesome. I was able to do so much of my work off this X14. It is, this thing is thin and it is easy to carry. And everyone who sees it uh, gives me a ton of compliments on it or they're like, what is that? Or whatever. I even had during the live show because I'd have it out in front of me. And there were a couple people who went to the live show to watch the shows and they were like, by the way, that laptop, that's like an Alienware laptop or whatever. People are very surprised at how awesome this notebook is. So I just want to give that a huge shout out because I was able to do that all across worlds. We also were able to put out a ton of awesome 4K footage content because of the M15 that Drew, my shooter editor, was uh, able to use throughout all of it. So thank you so much to Alienware for powering our coverage of Worlds. It's been fantastic to have them as a partner. Um, They really, really help uh, with everything that I do, and I I cannot thank them enough. So thank you all. Please do me a favor. Go to Alienware.com slash Travis and take a look if there's something that you're interested in purchasing, especially if you're in the U.S. and you purchase even like a a Black Friday deal, which I know is coming up and all that stuff, buying through that link is very helpful for me um, because we do see that revenue come back to us in some shape or form. So thank you so much to Alienware for supporting Travis Gafford Industries and thank all of you for supporting Alienware. All right, we're off to the next caller. Mark Zimmerman is grabbing them. Thank you to some other folks that are supporting us. Uh, 1997, uh, let's see, Micro, Semen Demon. Thank you all for the subs. Really appreciate it. We're climbing Micro, Semen Demon. We're climbing back up. We're climbing back up. Hello, Raz. Is that signed? Is that your, Is that a, a chair that's signed by people? Oh, the chair that I have? Yeah. Nah, it's not. Okay. It was actually just an extra chair they had, and I was like, I'm getting that chair. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. My old one that when that I got from Golden Guardians was definitely. I feel like you up. had a great world's experience because you left 
uh, the broadcast at a certain stage, and then you just got to go do cool things. Like oh, the ground, push a teeth egg, the MasterCard stuff. Like you were just basically doing like all the celebrity party stuff. I did not expect it. Uh, the the push a teeth thing was insane. That was like a hosting thing that I had really loved. And then yeah, I went. I did a lot of work when I was in San in San Francisco, which is like you know you want to enjoy yourself a little bit. But so my voice is gone from both yelling in front of a camera and then yelling for deft. This is yeah. what it is, guys. Yeah. No, I it was. A crazy, crazy two days uh, for myself and others, I know, but uh, still really fun. Looks like Kyle is here. Kyle, where are you calling from? Hey, I'm calling from Charlotte, North Carolina. From Charlotte, North Carolina? Yep. Nice. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Hey, my take was, I thought it was disappointing how little OCS teams capitalized on Worlds being in NA, actually, and how they had the opportunity to go out to venues and see the fans. And I personally went to semis in Atlanta, and I saw zero representation from any of the teams. Yeah, I think we talked about this a little bit in Atlanta, but or maybe we were mostly talking about content. Um, Mark, if I can recall, uh, Mark, I don't were you remember paying attention to anything that was just happening. Okay. Yeah, no, I, mean, I was I was trying to remember because we've done a lot of shows. I was trying to remember the Atlanta one. I know we <laughs> yeah. had a content one in, in in San Francisco, but I don't know. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I've talked about it a lot at this point in time, but I agree. I don't know, Raz. We haven't had your thoughts on this yet. Uh, what do you think about the lack of teams? Because I think all, all of all the world stops, we had CLG at the first one. 100T did like a random one night thing that they announced like the day before. I don't think it was really significant. Golden well, Guardians were I at was... finals. And then Team Liquid also showed up there a little bit. And then I think somebody did something offsite at finals as well. I forget which team. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was assuming we would hone this one in on finals in particular since that has what occurred since the last time we talked about this yeah yeah except travis asked me because i had nothing to i had never talked about it mark I've go for it go for it raz this is your platform we're gonna i was making fun of travis for saying like oh well we've talked about this before as if shit True. hasn't happened between the last time we had this conversation True. and i usually make fun of travis with you but i i appreciate him checking it i for me yeah, I mean, I'm probably just going to, you know what, you should have not even asked me. I was going to echo literally everything. Um, it's kinda, it's, it is disgusting. Like, for, it's disgusting for me because for those teams, like, a, a, you know, a lot of credit to CLG that they did in the New York leg because, yes, their base is in New York, but, like, it was nice that they were able to do something like that. Team Liquid had finals, as you already mentioned. Like, all of this is great. And I don't think you have to put much resources into it. You really don't, in my opinion. Um, even if it's just something that's online, where you are trying to at least have some form of project in front of people, a uh, giveaway that's dedicated to the finals or having one person. I know, uh, I think it was at your New York leg, Travis, that somebody said that made the comparison with, um, who is it? Uh, FlyQuest going, couldn't go to Worlds. So they literally had a reporter specifically Wild, Wild, Turtle. Wild Turtle. Yeah. Yeah. Turtle that went and did it. Just anything to show that you care and that you're not just like, full taking the split off and focusing on next year because fans literally care about this shit. That's how you win new fans is by being in front of them and having any initiative to showcase that you care about that product. Uh, I think it was pretty wild. That's, so that's one thing. Off. Sorry. Yeah, go for it. No, you go. Yeah, just kind of going off that. I went with a friend that we've been watching since like 2016, but this is our first event we could have gone to. And we've seen what they've done at like LCS finals in person. So we had like high hopes, especially what we saw in Houston online was like EG's touch grass boost. We thought, oh, there's going to be some cool materialistic stuff there. But when we went there, there like, even Riot was kind of 
a little bit of a letdown personally, but I know that's not my take. You're talking about the Atlanta. There's only one right merch. Right? Sorry. You're talking about Atlanta part. The Atlanta. Yeah, I'm talking about Atlanta, but like there's like only one merch booth and like two claw machines. There's just no representation from any team at all. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I wish I wish we saw a little bit more uh, from the teams. Uh, I I wasn't really at the Atlanta leg of it, so I couldn't tell what happened on that front. One also, Evil Genius is having the video. I, I mean, I I'm maybe a, I'm not mentioning it because I'm just a part of it, but I was like, okay, you made a video because your team was there. It's a hype project. You're kind of hyping it up, so like you're doing something for World Senior that it. And not a lot of I don't even remember. I, maybe I'm wrong. Did C9 or Hundred Thieves do something like? hyping up their team going at, at the event, like an, no. an actual project. There was virtually no content like... from any of the teams. Like EG did that hype video, but then didn't put out any behind the scenes content. I mean, like this is something that the LCS super fan crew has been talking about a lot where like these, these people want to be fans of these players, try to be fans of these players. And then there's just no content that features these players at worlds. Yeah. So it's sad. Um, not much I can say about that. Yeah. That's how I feel as well. Mark, thoughts? Yeah, big agree. <laughs> thank you so much, Kyle, for the call. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I mean, I yeah, I think at this point in time, there's I not like. Here's the thing, I am fatigued of talking about this a little bit, just because it's so fatiguing that they aren't doing anything, and it's. I don't know. It's just, it is just aggravating. It's so aggravating I, that the LCS is struggling and it feels like the teams are not there to try to lift it up. And it's not even at this point in time just like the teams that you expect it from, like fucking Dignitas. It's the teams that you would expect better from. And um, and here's the thing. like Speaking of Dignitas, during the split, it, you don't have to put much resources. You don't need the players. You just need to showcase effort. So good examples like during the split when... Dignitas didn't have much of a, a, you know, content side or really weren't funding much into anything. Not going to lie. Uh, you know, I gave credit to, I think this was a spring split, to somebody named Bobbin who was like their socials guy who would always come in with new ideas. Like he was the guy with the poster when there was no one in the studio. I think this was maybe last year. Maybe this was last year. But he came in with posters uh, when it was, we were close to a milestone for um, one of the players he was our contact so we could do something really cool with them. Like, you just need... Yeah, Bobby and his goaded. Like, just having somebody from the content side that is empowered to just do whatever the fuck he wants and is able to push for something. Because if you don't have money, no one really cares as long as you showcase some level of effort and willingness to do something. And not a lot of teams. Yep. Yep. Thank you, Kyle, for the, the call. Screen. And uh, any th you. anything you want to shout out? Uh... Shout out to all the Southeast gamers like me who finally got to go to an in-person event for the first time. And shout out to the Twitter gamers who fought the writers back on Twitter that said Miami counted as the Southeast because it does not. <laughs> Very good. Thank you so much for the call and we'll catch you next time. Thank you. All right. Off Mark goes to get the next person. Uh, some quick shout outs to Boater Michael. Nemsick with the tier two at 63 months. Zachary GG. Just do your job. Gaiden TV and Sethi Poo. Gaiden for 47 months. My gosh. Very good. And Mark is back with Colin. Colin, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Fort Myers, Florida. Fort Myers, Florida. What do you want to talk about on the show? I want to talk about how Worlds teams uh, 
especially once the playoff teams, semifinalists, finalists should bring, if they're not allowed to, just I don't know if that's true, bring their challenger teams with them for better practice rather than playing against this in this year's case, a mishmash of NA players. Um, for example, DRX scrimmed against, I have a picture here, one second, CLG Dokla, EG Tomio, Pobelter, Arrow, and Diamond. And SKT, I don't believe I know who they scrimmed against, but Baker said also a mishmash of North American players. Yeah, they were they a were Mc, a McDonald's as, team. Yeah, the yeah. McDonald's team, right? Yeah, they, they had a people, medium right? fry, ten piece chicken <laughs> nugget, Big Mac, and Shamrock Shake. <clears throat> Essentially, the practice that they would receive from scrimming their challenger teams for practice over an NA team of random players that have never played together, if not played very much, I think would be very substantial. Um, the the team chemistry would be a big one for. For one, like the macro, these players don't play together. And then secondly, I would probably take anyone on T1's challenger team over Diamond, Arrow. You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I and, think this is interesting. Uh, you, you said something about how you don't know if they could or if they would be allowed to or not. There's nothing that would stop them from just like flying their team to a hotel in Chicago and putting them up there and having them play against uh people on the north america like through the north american server right so or i guess even through like the tournament you would have to get i was gonna say you have to get tournament realm access for them you might not be able to but yeah i guess i guess uh, you would need to do that i, don't I was know. gonna say i know riot um probably i'm pretty sure they only fly like the team the coaching staff and two subs well, I don't even know if Riot stuff. flies them anymore. I think that's the teams arrange their own travel. Oh, okay. Well, then in that case, a team like T1, I think, has more than enough resources to fly their challenger team out with them as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's not a resource issue. Like, that's that's what I'm saying is I guess maybe the bottleneck would be the tournament realm, but... No, they I would give them access. They would give them access. I think they would. Yeah. Um, I mean, Chronicler... The biggest insider is uh, saying that the Challengers League players are generally pretty young and might not provide that much better practice, maybe. Um, uh, and they're 17, so it might be hard to get them into the country for visas or something. I don't know. Anyways, I, I think uh, the the whole situation is just awkward because like how big the gap is between semis and finals. Um, and it is like the whole traveling around the country question and like the format again. But like it does feel really weird. We're like. <laughs> your two finalists are just like scrimming random people <laughs> uh just trying to get better at that point um because it's so spread out that literally everyone else has gone home um so i i think it is always a little weird when you when you hear these stories <laughs> like how are you guys gearing up for the big game and it's like uh this is how I think one yeah. of the questions, too, is I don't even know how much practice they're able to get during this time, though. Like, I know they were scrimming some, but, like, they're also doing these videos to prepare for finals, and they're doing all this different stuff. Like, I I guess I even if they're scrimming just a little bit, like, at what point in time does it become worth it to be scrimming these the Academy or Challenger team or whatever versus, like, McDonald's teams? I think that's the question. Is it like five hours, 10 hours, 20 hours versus how much are they actually able to get? I, I think that's that's at least a decent question. 
Yeah, I understand the the heart of the question, which is just like, I think the problem is that even if you bring in your challenger roster, it's not good enough to actually give you what you want, which is a competitive practice. Um, maybe there's a level. I don't know any of these academy teams, and I don't think, I mean, Chronicler would probably be the best one for this one. Um, but my main thing is like maybe laning phase-wise, but outside of that, um, you're still going to have pretty ass practice. And that's always been the case for finals. Outside of maybe like, uh, you know, finals in which you have a gauntlet format or LCS with the finals quote-unquote weekend where you have three teams waiting, so maybe just one team gets fucked. <laughs> um, but that's always going to be the problem. You're just going to have to deal yeah. with it. Yeah, I think uh, the format makes it a little awkward. Plus, like, if you're in China or Korea, sometimes some of those teams will still play. Like, I think everyone was scrimming yeah. Damwon um, back in, like, 2019 or whenever it was in Korea. And, they like, they were scrimming because Damwon was still a challenger team or whatever. And everyone's like, holy fuck, these guys are blasting, like, the world's finalists 2018, I think, yeah. <laughs> in, in scrims. Yeah. And it may seem, uh, not seem like it because, oh, sorry, you go your point. I'm sorry. No, I was just saying that, like, unless you're, it's like that kind of situation, realistically, you're not getting good scrims. And that's a very rare situation. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that generally people will give a lot of, will just like shit down a lot of the North American players' like throats and say that, hey, they're, they're worse significantly. I've seen, and this is just, I don't know how Chronicler feels, but like watching LDL and Challengers Korea, dude, the macro is just so insanely bad. Like, it does not compare, even if it's a mishmash of uh, players that we had in the LCS. At least, like, the veter the players that you mentioned, or at least veter veteran players that I have faith in at least the mid-game would be proper. Though, they're, I'm sure they would get blown out of the water, right? They're going up against, the, like, the best teams in the world. Um, but if we're making a comparison between a Challengers Korean team and that team, which is obviously hypothetical that you can never really substantiate, have, having watched at least some of the... Um, challenges korean teams but for sure more ldl teams it's just the mac mid game late game macro is probably the worst shit the, it's not going to be helpful last last question here colin if scrimming dokla tomio pobelter arrow and diamond was such bad practice for drx why were they losing to dokla tomio pobelter arrow and diamond do you have insider information on the scrim results I, you know, I'm looking at the same tweet that uh, Pobelter put out. It's the one out. that Pobelter put out. It was yeah. the one. It was one of the scrims that they won. Uh, I didn't see that one. He, he's, I... Travis is memeing. They didn't win that often. They weren't like shitting on them. I, I we don't know. They they, they, we have game. the only evidence we have. I haven't even seen any screenshots of a defeat score screen. Oh my! From God. these people. So all I see right now is victory one, defeat zero. I mean, people are like, wow, Kingen got so good all of a sudden. I wonder what happened. Got big doped in lane phase Let's for a week. Look at like, fucking shit. Chronicler in chat copiuming his mind out by saying, because it's scrims, LOL. Yeah, right, Chronicler. You, as, as if Dokla, Tobio, Pobelter, Arrow, and Diamond wouldn't shit on DRX look at, if they were in the look LCK. Look at this fucking guy, dude. Zekka going 0 6 is definitely not happening in a normal game. Yeah, because Pobelter's not there to shit on him in most <laughs> yeah, games. Yeah, exactly. Oh no, Faker, oh, oh no. Chronicler, Chronicler, Chronicler. Whatever you need to tell yourself, man, I think we know. I think we know the superior region. Okay, uh, Colin, thank you for so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out? Uh, yes, I just quickly want to say, I think uh, Team Liquid should sign these guys then if what you're saying is true. Well, boom! <laughs> <laughs> 
But um, yeah, uh, I like to shout Grubhub. I'm I'm Canadian and we don't have Grubhub in Canada, but I'm currently on vacation in Florida and uh, I've been you using it? your code as much as I can. Oh, thank wait, you. Wait, wait, wait. What part of Canada? Uh, Ontario, like near Toronto. Damn, there's way too many Ontarians out here. I appreciate I, that though. But I work out in Alberta, so. That's it, oh, let's go! It we doesn't help some. me, but I will say they have uh, the Canadian version of Grubhub is skip the dishes. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. I use that yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Thank you so much to Colin for the call, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Who we got next? Mark goes off to get them. Uh, thank you to Pluto7443 and Sethi Poo for the subs. Really appreciate it. We're Chat rebuilding the sub collection. Uh, what's up? Treethan is here. Treethan making his return. Were you in Brooklyn? What, what show were you on? Uh... The one at OS and the one at that uh, weird bar thing. It was not place. a weird bar thing. It was actually my favorite venue we had. Oh no, it was it was sick, but like yeah. I just forget the name. Cutting room, cutting room. Yes. Um, Dude, where is that? It was in New York. Oh nice. nice. I think I invited you, and then you probably went to go see Hamilton. You fuck. No, okay. I did not. That was way too much money. Who the hell is paying that much to see it play, guys? Exactly. Everyone who doesn't live in New York. True. Treethan. What do you want Hello. to talk about on the show? Um, so I would like to talk about how the whole format change thing that Needham was talking about uh, was horrible. Esports needs to stop being real sports. Uh, Tradition. Valorant. Valorant is. Is that what I pulled you for? Or is it the other one? It was the other Probably one. The other one. Oh, okay, okay, okay. The uh, this world being the world's best one. The lech, this year yes. being the best of worlds. Say it. Say it. Say it. Is, okay. Yeah, the, this year's being the best worlds ever is great for NA. And okay. then you listed a bunch of reasons why. Got it. That one, yeah. Why? Okay, so this year being the best worlds ever is great for NA. Why? Wow, I can't talk right now. Uh, with a bunch of North American players in attendance this year, and of course people watching all over the region at a good time zone, will begin a new era in pro player motivation to win it all. Therefore, this next season will be the best LCS year yet. I can't talk because I'm tired. I'm sorry. All right. I don't know. Copium. Yeah, it's okay. Say, You're just OD'd. Chronicler Honestly, or Treethan yeah. are higher on the copium right now. Um, okay. So, do you want to elaborate at all, Treethan, or do you, is that your? Are you resting your case? Um, I think it's a good. Honestly, yeah. It, I I did kind of rest it there. I'm just okay. Still in shock from Worlds. So. Before we go into the topic hardcore, I will say, I don't know about the pro players. This Worlds did a lot for me. I really, really, really liked this Worlds. It felt so good to produce a lot of really great content from it. I thought the stories were fantastic. Man, having Worlds in North America, I had forgotten. Before this, I remember people asking me what my favorite Worlds was, and it was 2016. And I think just having it in North America, it's so good for our our region like so many yeah. fans come out so many people get really excited about it uh obviously i'm disappointed that teams were not there to capitalize on all this or in a lot of cases teams were not there in most cases but um even just like for myself as a creator in the space and somebody who's really excited about league of legends like meeting so many of you seeing these games in person seeing stadiums filled out all that stuff like Houston and Chicago were the appetizers to this thing, and it was, it's a meal that I think will sustain me for at least another couple of years. So I, I really, really feel like, at least for me personally, this Worlds was very helpful and very good and very inspiring. Um, 
and I think I think it'll do a lot for for the space in little ways. Now, does that mean that our players are going to get better? I'm going to let Mark answer that question. Uh, if he's paying attention, I am oh, paying attention. I don't know if it'll make it better for players, but I think it is good um, for trying to get people into it. Like we saw people on the show, like Delfino. Was that that's her name, right? Yeah, uh, I just go with her friends and yeah. Delphi, whatever. People bringing their friends and stuff, like it's much easier to get them to go to an event like this or watch an event like this when it's in your time zone and it's like local or something. Um, there are a lot of people who were attending stuff who didn't even have tickets, I know. So like, I thought it was a uh, really cool and I think it can have an impact on player base and like how excited people are. I know like I felt the same kind of like rejuvenation that you probably felt. I think a lot of people probably felt that. Um, so... I, I think it'll be positive. I don't know if it'll like save LCS or like, yeah. you know, save in air quotes, like suddenly we're entering the second era of LCS. But I, I do think um, it should, I, I would think, have a effect. I mean, it did so much to prove that like the fandom, like there are a lot of League of Legends esports fans in North America. And I don't know how many of them are LCS fans right now, but like we can fill out Chase Stadium just fine with people who are by and large from North America, like the rumors of league esports being dead in North America, I think are greatly over-exaggerated. It's just a matter of like fine tuning LCS so that we can recapture a lot of this. Uh, Raz, that, what are you going to say? That caused road shows. Do you guys think if you don't mind me cutting in, you want road shows? Well, no. W would you think a, a road show situation would, would cause what you just said to happen sooner? No, I don't think so. I don't think you... I actually am not a believer. Like, I know this is like a David Shinock crusade. He wants every show to be in traveling to New York every five minutes. But, um, yeah, I don't I don't think roaches are super important. I do think it would be cool if we had LEC's, like, three... You know, rumored three-split system where we for have more three road yeah. shows a year. I think that that could be really good for the league, and I think it would be good if yeah, that's we what had I more meant. Yeah. international tournaments here more frequently because we. I don't remember even the last MSI we had had in North America, and then obviously league has been forever, so um, I think that that suffers, but... Yeah, I don't. I don't think that like the LCS needs to do frequent. What is the last? Have we ever had MSI after like Tallahassee? I when think that was I think Tallahassee was the last one, and that was what someone willingly set up an event in Florida. Yeah, yeah, it was. Oh my god, controversial at the time. I was. Twenty fifteen. Where was where was MSI in twenty fifteen? It was, I think twenty fifteen was that... Tallahassee, right? Is that Tallahassee? I'm pretty sure. Because I think tw they did 2014 it was All-Stars in Paris. And then I think the very first MSI was Tallahassee. That was like the EDG one, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, everyone's saying that. They, yeah. Yeah, okay, so yeah. So, like, we haven't had MSI fucking ever. You know, like, to this point, I think NA has been pretty underserved. And uh, I, I, I wonder, I mean, I don't know. I assume it's not as important as having like a good product that people enjoy watching week over week, but it is fair to say that we have been the most starved region of the major regions for in-person events. Yeah. yeah. And, this and then you schedule them all at bad tour. time zones too, right? So yeah, the time zones horrible. Yeah. MSI Canadian tour. Do that. Also, I was always told, and I, I never checked this because I'm a fucking idiot, you know, like, we were always told, like, oh, the NA time zone is terrible for the entire world. 
It's fucking fine. It's like nine or ten o'clock in the morning for China and Korea. Like I'm pretty sure World Finals started at eight a.m., which is not great. Like eight a.m. China. I heard time. it was nine and nine and ten. I mean, they I have a very large country, so I don't know. But yeah, um, it's, it's gonna roll. Yeah, yeah. Like, you no, know, it's way earlier. Says Chronicler. Wait, when, Chronicler. When did when did the actual world's game start for you? I mean, uh, oh, New York started at five or six. Yeah, but was it just the three a.m. or the three p.m. shows that were starting at five or six? Well, New York is, is three hours ahead, so that's why those ones were bad. Because when it started on the West Coast at five or six, that's three hours later. Yeah, so that's uh, five, so, five five p.m. for us, by the way, which is like the short quote unquote show time, is like nine a.m. China time, and China China only has like one uh, time zone. Which well, is there hilarious. you go. Good um, for them. Yeah, but um, the time zones are the. Anyways, time yeah, zones yeah, yeah. are the, my, re- my... the big reason. Okay, go. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I'm, I'm done. You know what, sure. Raz? Why don't you say something? Mark's had. Thank a... you, Travis. Let me talk, Travis. What's going on here? Raz, can you get in the webcam? We can't. We can only see your hair when you do that. That's basically my existence at this point. Okay. <laughs> what are you gonna um, say? Say whatever you're gonna um, say. I mean, yeah, I we haven't had it since Tallahassee, but at the end of the day, like time zones are literally the biggest issue. It's worse for us because every show is going to be as time zones for us. If it's in Europe, well, it's better, actually, if it's in Europe, a little bit better. We'd have to wake up earlier. Um, but then that would mean the show start is bad for us. Same if it's in China, same if it's in Korea, same if it's an MSI that's in Southeast Asia, it's like it's or in Iceland, which is Europe still, but like. It's so bad for us, and that's why I think Worlds was, you know, and really agreeing with the caller on this one, was great for viewers. Because we just had so many people that were coming in that were either kind of, you know, casual viewers or, you know, churned out viewers that were not really watching League anymore. They didn't really know what was happening, but, like, were interested because, hey, it's finally coming to North America, and it's at a watchable hour if they're at home. Like, that means a lot to the fans. Uh, There were, yes, a lot of players that were rejuvenated because of initially champions queue um, but also just because they can go and see worlds themselves I, saw, I actually saw a lot of players who were traveling and watching in person too if they weren't able to like come be it through the team or whatever they just bought their own tickets things like this um, and I, I think it was really cool it, it was great for North America that being said will we ever get an we'll probably get an MSI but will we get another worlds eh, it's gonna take a long ass time for the same reason I think there was a Reddit thread talking about how viewership was great in the finals, excluding China. Like that's a quite a market to exclude. <laughs> you yeah. just excluded viewership was the... great in fifteen percent of the. Uh... Well, yeah. okay, so to be fair, it's the first finals without a Chinese team in it in three years, anyways, four years. I forget what it they is. So, like the numbers it. are going to be. Yeah, but the numbers are going to be bad, worse, no matter what. It's not a fair comparison for the last three years. Be like, damn it, NA, why didn't you let JDG win? Like the crowd fucking decided that. But I mean, like China would still are still watching it, so it's just a statistic that was just not used because obviously China makes it really hard to actually show st- like, yeah, re- give statistics. But I would, if China's added to it, that's probably still worse based off timing alone. I was looking at Weibo and people were waking up to results. This one's nine a.m. because the finals were later, like at a later time, so it's actually much more doable. But just throughout the entirety of Worlds groups quarters, it was lower viewership. So will we actually end up getting a Worlds again? at least in the next five years now. But, you know, it's still great for us that we got it. And that's all that matters. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was another big gap, but I think it's dumb if it is. Like what? one in every four years, other people take a little hit, you know, and it's like not even that big of a hit if you plan it well, which they did to to the point about like timing groups games. They put the the Eastern games always on the last three of the day to make yeah. sure that like Europeans could watch before they went to bed and, and the other people could watch it if they wanted to wake up at like eight o'clock and it was like relatively reasonable. Viewership was down. Um that sucks for that portion but then like obviously i think what this final showed was that like if you have a good tournament people are going to watch the, the important games you know um and by a million more you know like obviously the time zones aren't that fucking bad if if we broke the record by over a million for the finals um so yeah i don't know if 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 china was is, is lower i'm gonna blame their jdg sucking and them all not going very far in the tournament more than than the time zone. By the way, so MSI, this I don't think this was ever announced, was going to be at in Worlds in 2020. Or sorry, in Worlds. In uh, LA in 2020. They were going to hold it there. And then they, they never got to announce it because of, of this. This is something I know. Uh, and because of that, my prediction is, this is completely uninformed, but my prediction oh, is, is that MSI is in North America in 2024. Because I don't think they'll do it next year. Back I get to like, back. yeah, no. Way. I think I think Worlds is in Korea next year because I think you can't do it in Europe because they did 2019 in Europe and then they also got it in Iceland, and then you can't probably do it in China until you're like 100 percent that all the COVID stuff is like clear over there, and they're not going to do it in North America again, and I don't think they're going to put it in any other region. So I would I would predict Korea MSI, or sorry, Korea Worlds probably Europe MSI. And then I bet North America gets MSI in 2024, and I bet China is Worlds in 2024. That's my big prediction. People in the chat are predict. I mean, probably jokingly predicting O's. Can you imagine? That would be hilarious. There'd be like three people in the audience. The time zone. No, would be are you kidding though. me? All the LPL is flying over there, dude. Yeah, China everyone's flying. China and Korea are flying to O's to watch those games for sure. I mean, it's a good time zone for them. All right. Anyway, yeah. treat them. Thank you for the call. Anything you want to shout out? Of course. Uh, Raz, do you think Udoka should go to the Nets? I think no. It's a terrible idea. I think he should. That'd be no. A okay. I think he should. I'm gonna I'm gonna kick you guys. All right. What do you think, <laughs> kick? Raz, do you have any thoughts? You want you want you want to share on that topic? On what topic? Nothing. No, of course not, Get, Mr. Great. Mark. Correct I answer. Never. I never. Would never. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. By the way, wait, Mark, do we have at least one off-season take? Because if not, I feel like these pe the audience is gonna is gonna revolt. What kind of off-season take do you want? I said I didn't want an off-season take, and then you didn't say what I, you wanted. Then. No, what do you want? I said we should have at least the majority of the thing be about worlds. But I do have off-season in the stream title, so people are gonna get mad if we don't have at least one. Well, what do you want to talk about? Tell me what take. I don't you know. Want. Everybody we'll in the take. show, everybody, go put off-season takes in pleb topics and subtopics. No, there are off-season takes. I just haven't pulled them. I'm just asking which one do you want? Do you want the contract jail? Do you want double lift rumors? Like, what do you, what do you want? What do you want? Type everybody repeat your stuff into sub and plebs, and I will pull. Look, there's the. I think the the contact, contract jail is juicy that we should talk about. But then, of course, like just so we have the reminder, like Reaper got let go, or I don't know if it's like or, or thirty thousand LCL S player LEC players got signed today. Thirty thousand. I don't think anybody got signed. Maybe an thirty thousand or a like, rumor to be rumor, signed. Yeah, yeah, there's quite yeah, a few yeah, rumors. Yeah. There's quite a few rumors. Yeah. There's one on Carzy 
The domino's falling already over there. It's not. It's not. Things are not falling over here yet. Okay, Mark, you want uh, to grab all of our UG's coaching staff got booted. Actually, you know what? I'm going to do a quick break. We're going to talk about Grubhub. Shout out to Grubhub. All right, I'll, I'll pull you one, Travis. You don't, so that way you don't need to do anything. Great, thank you. I never want to do anything. Uh, shout out to Grubhub. Speaking of not doing anything tonight, I didn't want to go out and get my food, and I also didn't want to uh, make it. So I ordered. You guessed it, Grubhub. Uh, they are a fantastic partner for us. Uh, we couldn't have done the TGI World's Tour without them. And we actually have, still working right now, it's actually still, it goes all the way through November 18th. So you have a while to use this. TGI Worlds is our code right now to get $5 off your Grubhub order of $10 or more. Terms apply. You can use that link there to find out. But it's in the chat right now. And if not, We'll try to get that also into the YouTube description for you. But they've been an amazing partner. And if you would like, they actually get sent us 50, you heard it right, five zero masterwork chests to give out. Uh, Grubhub masterwork chests. And that's in the giveaway that we're running right now. It ends in a couple hours. So if you didn't watch live, then you're screwed. But it's got four hours to go. But yes, masterwork hex tech chess codes that are available on the North American server. Uh, go sign up in that giveaway because I did not promote it enough. So your chances are actually pretty good because we're giving away again 50 of them as well as some Chipotle coats. So thank you so much to Grubhub for sponsoring Worlds. What do you, Raz? Oh, Raz put his headset near the microphone. So I'm echoing. Uh, we're going to have to mute him. I'm going to mute him. Server mute. Okay. Anyway, thank you to Grubhub thank for you, sponsoring Grubhub. It. And uh, they've been a fantastic partner for us. Love you, Grubhub. All right. Mark, you want to grab the next... Well, I guess Raz is not back here yet. How are you doing? Raz, I saw him walking to the room. Okay. He's here. Wait. Okay. Yeah, he's got... Raz, you left on. your headphones too close to the microphone, so I was just echoing. Ah, oh, shit, my bad. That's it's on okay. me. Sorry. I unmuted you. Uh, cool is here. Cool, where are you calling from? Calling from Seattle, Washington. Seattle, Washington. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, my take was that Faker's legacy as a goat isn't really as cemented as it seems. I think people just have him as like the verbatim goat of all time. I think he really had the chance to kind of cement it this weekend. Like if he'd won again after like nine years, it would have been a big deal. But I just feel like if you actually look at what Faker's done since like the dynasty kind of got dethroned in 2017, it hasn't been as impressive. And so I'm not saying he's washed. I think he's played like pretty good all year. I think maybe he didn't even have a great series, but I just feel like it wouldn't surprise me if in the next like decade you saw a player go on a run for like three or four years and maybe like win two or three worlds and then all of a sudden like it's kind of debatable. I mean like Barrel went to finals so three the, years in a row and won two. So the phrase all time means like all time leading up to now. You can't like say all time also extends into the future and that in the future Somebody else. Well, he, he, to be to be fair to the caller, he said it's it's more in like people are acting like it's going to take 10, 10 years before someone can take Faker's legacy, and and he's just saying it's less secure than people might think. That's, I I read a stat on Twitter. I think that now Faker has one his he's the player that's won the most worlds and also lost the most worlds, like in finals. 
It's international performances. Oh, yeah. international performances. That's right. That's right. That's right. He's he's won five international finals, which is the most, and also lost the most with yeah. four. Like, <laughs> I, if that Can doesn't describe, like, I know it's funny because you think like, oh, the last thing that must makes means that like that's a discredit to him. I'm like that. No, that's actually a huge credit. Like, he's made that many fi uh, finals uh, at international events. Like, I I would love to lose a world finals. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Could we ask the color to? You know, to tag his socials, open his DS. No, no. <laughs> send the, send the, truck. Wait, the truckers are coming. The truckers are coming. <laughs> I, I, this is just crazy. I don't, I don't. Who's anywhere close to it, my friend? Yeah. What's, what's your number two and number three? I know you mentioned Barrel. No, I just think that, like, especially if you look at like competitiveness of like it's really becoming kind of LCK and LPL on top. It wouldn't stun me if a player went on a run and like. In the next like four years, like one two worlds, or like maybe like one two worlds in an MSI, um, and I just feel like it's like debatable. Especially like I think there was a take in San Francisco that was just like, well, maybe this will be the start of like Carrier's run as the goat, and then everyone just kind of laughed and was like, see you in ten years because like you have to double league's legacy, and I think that this weekend if Faker had won, it would have been like, now he's won finals over ten years and it's huge, but without that win, I just feel like it's not like this huge, huge chasm that we're never ever going to see again. That that's so, all. I mean, again, so but like, who's who's okay, who's I sitting on the other side of that chasm right now? No, but okay. Who? That's a good question. I mean, I feel like the barrel example wasn't. I don't think barrels are good at all. I just think like we were talking about like is death the greatest ADC of all time, for example. And I think like someone like a if someone has a career like Deft but wins another Worlds or two, then it becomes a lot more competitive as a take. Especially because, like, someone like Deft had, like, success in LPL, had, like, success in LCK, too. So it, it's not Deft, per se. I think, like, maybe it's even a player that we haven't seen or is just in their first or second year. But, it, like, even in, like... I could see someone making a case with just, like, a three- or four-year, like, dominant run. As I, to, like, I think oh, the 10 years of Faker is, years. like, that's a huge... Like, nobody in the sport like has been around and had that much success for so like there's so few players that have had that staying power Deft, like part of the story of finals was because deft is one of the few that have had uh, that staying power and even then he's not even achieved anywhere close to what fakers achieve so i must say that the take has definitely become much more reasonable than the initial <laughs> the initial point because yes, in four years, if someone just has a dominant run of winning worlds after time again, like even Knight could be considered after three years if he just wins three worlds in a row. It's like, whoa, no one has ever done that before. Um, the thing about Faker is that, like to the point about like him losing finals, he's been to the finals. Like he is, and he's always played at a consistently high level domestically at the hardest, like you know, hardest, if not the second, like one of the two hardest regions in the world. Like he has just been incredibly strong to the point where you, if T1 is at the world's event, they are one of the front runners. Um, for how long? It, it, it's insane to say that. So like it to the point where you last lasted it, where you ended it, like if a player that we don't know about or has a pretty substantial career, and I will, I use Knight as an example, but let's say like somebody who's, let's say Mako, I don't know. I'm just pulling a name out of the hat. Just wins. Two more worlds, three more worlds. It's like, okay, that's that's crazy. That changes the context entirely. Whereas right now, you can't even say that statement of he hasn't solidified it. It's like, it's pretty solid. Ah, that shit's hard and Yeah, cold. well, I think that's the, that's the thing the that, like, I mean, the, the problem that I have with, like, the whole, oh, well, if someone just does 
what Faker did, then then suddenly Faker's not as secure. It's like true, but like what makes Faker so secure is the fact that no one in the, the other 10, 12 years of the sport has has had this longevity that he has had. Like the only people still alive playing the game from his first world championship is like him and Deft. Like I, I don't even think any of the other pros I'd have to check from season three, are they even active? You know, like that's what makes the the, the thing so crazy is not just that he Oh, impact. Right, impact dumb, stupid. Um Rookie, Aframu. yeah. Aframu's Aframu. on the other side of that chasm, and he's waiting to catch up to Faker. Uh, he wasn't at 2013 World Championship, if I'm not mistaken, was he? CLG make I that one? Don't. I think so. Maybe I'm wrong. Was that no? That's season three docs, but he wasn't on CLG at the time. That's Chouster. No, that's season two. Fuck, I can't remember now. Anyways, my point is, is like it's a very small list of people, and most of them are not seriously in world winning contention anymore, other than Faker. Um, uh, so like that, that, that's the broader point is that like, no one has done what Faker's done in terms of the winning that many times though. The only his teammates at that time period did it. And all of them are gone now, except him like bang, uh, wolf bangy. Like those guys are all retired. Uh, so like the idea that someone else is just going to come along and do what he did is like such a far fetch and the fact that there's not someone else who's like immediately to travis's point like ready to close that chasm means that it's pretty secure uh i, I would i would bet it's five years before anyone is realistically challenging him at number two i i just think that uh this last worlds would have really i think sealed the deal uh in a way because i mean since 2017 he's won lck like four or five times, I think, and he has a couple of runner-ups in MSI and Worlds. But I think, like a Worlds win would have, I think, really been like, wow, this is ten years where you're absolutely on top and you're winning Worlds. And I think now it's just more of a five years of domination and then five years of like longevity, but not as dominant. That's how myself. I see. Yeah, Faker's sake. I agree with that though. I agree with that. I think the, the I muted myself when I was trying to put in the point because like Arsh mentioned it in chat. And the, the chatter, uh, also the caller mentioned it too. Barrel's career in the LSK literally started in 2019, guys. Let's and so we just need more time. So I think that's the main takeaway from this is like we need significantly more time for someone to even match what Faker has done. Um, yeah, so. the, the barrel angle. It's like true if he makes another Worlds Finals next year, win or lose, and then like you know has some MSIs and some more championships regionally. Like sure, you're you're starting to break into that conversation, but that's like you're starting to like he hasn't even done. He's made three finals in a row. He's won two of them, which is like what Faker already did half a decade ago, guys. And then there's another decade on top of you know half decade yeah. on top of it of still like making Worlds multiple times, never getting knocked out in group stage, MSI wins regional win like you know like it's it's just it's and hard just to like that your co your peers must and the fans of course it's like in general analysts like your level of play does play a part like yes accolades is one thing but at the moment in time like faker in his time frame was seen as just the go in and was always at least the top three i mean it's always dropping off because of you know he's getting older and there are play, players behind him that are contesting him but like Beryl is just somebody who has been there and is pushing it and needs more time and needs to continuously like we be at a position in which don't need to ex further explain how Beryl is not as achieved as as yes. Faker. Thank you yeah. so much, Cole. He's for number the call. two though, probably in it, terms of active players who can get him. I mean, he's he's 
just he just needs to play a little bit more Genshin Impact. Cool. Thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out? Uh, or comes back? Uh, I really loved uh, Holland League in San Francisco. That was super fun. Thank you. Um, and uh, shout out my boys, Jake, Isaiah, Ryan, and Alan, who are absolutely going to kill me for this being the take that finally gets me on Hotline League. Fantastic. <laughs> Thanks so much for the call. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. That uh, is a hot take, though. It was hot. Kyle is done. Thank you for the prime. Mark's grabbing our next caller. Double sniffed. Thank you for the two years. Really Double it. sniffed? Yeah. We sniffed name. twice. Twice. Raz, That's how are you spending one. your free time now? I've been playing. Well, actually, it's, I don't know. You know, free time. Been playing League. Been thinking about uh, NEST, which is coming up in a few days. And the election. That's tomorrow. So there's yes. a lot happening here. I voted, by the way. Everybody go vote, please. Dear God, please. No please. one cares. Let's talk about please. League. Mark, people vote. care. This is people base. fucking care. This. Please vote. Do not listen to Mark when he says no one cares. Voting Travis is important. So true, meant... Travis. Oh, we can God. talk about ticketing. Not Mark no is one a, cares about Mark voting is when we, we are about to talk about ticketing. Mark, people Mark care. Mark is anti-democracy, true. That is a shit take, Mark. Okay, Arsh. <laughs> Hello. Let us all know where you're calling from. Uh, I'm calling from Santa Monica. My voice is ruined by finals. So that's why I sound like this. There we go. Ugh. Raz, your voice sounds fine. I'm just what looking at the Twitch chat right Until I Mark break shit, my voice. It's, it's actually not good, but it's... Better than all right. Let's talk guess, about the take because we have okay. So minutes <sighs> left. Uh, this is wasn't originally my take, but I'm gonna talk about it because uh, it's interesting. Like the ticket situation being overblown. Uh, so the idea is like a lot of the focus is like riot bad for allowing scalpers when it's like that's not like if you want to focus on a problem, focus on a problem that's fixable and like. The, the scalper thing is not fixable. That's because we have a ticketing monopoly for the stadiums in the U.S., right? Like, it's just not a thing we can deal with. And, like, everyone's focusing down on this thing when it's, like, really, like, you should focus on the fact that too many people wanted tickets. Like, what you should take away is that this event was insane and so many people wanted tickets and more people will want tickets. So we need more, like, supply to fill that demand, you know? Like, it's overblown, like, that the scalpers, obviously scalpers are bad. Obviously, scalpers are bad, but like, stop blowing up this thing about like, and I agree with this. Like, stop blowing up this thing about like scalpers ruining the ticketing experience. When like, if you change the ecosystem to accommodate more international events and more, uh, more things for people to buy tickets for, right? It's basic economics, right? You increase the supply, and the price will come down naturally, right? Like, the demand is so high for people because they want to see these events. It's been six years we talked about that, right? But, like, I mean, there's rumors of, like, a third international whatever, right? Like, focus on that kind of stuff, which is way easier to deal with and is a problem that will happen in other countries where there's no ticketing monopoly and scalpers are less of an issue because that's going to happen anyway. And, like, it's a, it's indicative of this endemic problem where we need more. We need to focus on the parts that are important, not the thing that's getting everyone's attention. That's my take. Uh, I disagree with this take. Because, one, I agree that Riot can't really do much. Still, like, this was really disappointing to me. I don't know if people can see this, but this is a, a way across from where I was sitting. This was during one of the games. First off, they've got a terrible game. Yeah, I saw that too. Out there. And, like, oh, yeah. there's just a bunch of seats empty. 
And I don't know what the deal was. I don't know if these were like partner seats where like people didn't come out or whatever, but it was was painful to see. And this I, was the this was the worst section in the stadium. I do not want to pretend that this is representative yeah. of how the whole stadium looked. But from the seats that Mark and I were sitting in, if you looked across, like this is what you saw during some of these hype matches, and it just felt really fucking bad. Now, go look at all the other photos because again, it was still a fairly full house, yeah, but like it was it was pretty busy. I don't know if these were scalp tickets or what, but it just sucked to see. Well, and for comparison, like you go to the Super Bowl or you go to, I don't know, um, NBA Finals, like you don't see that pretty much. At least when I went to those kinds of events, I never saw just like a pretty big chunk like that missing. Um, so I don't know what happened. I think uh, the other thing, too, about the, the ticket situation was a lot of it was less about scalpers. And there was some people complaining about scalpers, but a lot of it was also just about like timing of release and people's plans. Like, there are a lot oh, of people sure. who had to buy buy their plans before they could get their tickets. When we were doing Hotline League in San Francisco, the thing that got the loudest cheer from the entire tour of the world's tour was when someone said, fuck scalpers, um, which sure, obviously is like a, a sentiment of people who hate scalpers. But also like Riot did not make that a less painless process as possible. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I have a video that's coming out this week on social where I went and add, it's a social video where on the day of finals, I went to the fan fest and asked people how much they paid for their tickets. And it's going to be a banger. Anyway, Raz, yeah. go, go for it. Yeah. So I was, I think a lot of people already know, and you know, I'm currently spamming my um, socials with it, but like I was with MasterCard and we were going through a lot of fan interaction. Like that was the main piece, right? And that was, me, I made it a point of like really like talking to people and knowing their situation. There were a lot of people that came in that didn't get tickets and were really gambling on maybe the scalpers' tickets will go down in price on the final day. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that was a lot of what I heard from like a few people. It was like either they got it and they weren't happy because they paid a shit ton, or some people were like, yeah, I don't want to get it, but. You know, that, that's going to cost two months of rent. Like, that's an insane conversation. And I'm already pretty pissed off of scalpers because, my God, I know this is me being selfish, but holy, I refuse to get a PS5 through scalpers. I refuse to get anything through scalpers. It's such a dog shit industry. And this, there's been some documentaries that have come out about it so far that, like, Ticketmaster is an example, main example. They really benefit from the industry uh, of scalping industry. They, their ability to promote and say, yeah, guys, this these tickets sold out in one second um, and other ways, of course, through it, it's disgusting. They, they benefit off of it. I'm, I don't even know. I need to like find those, uh, um, these film, these piece of film just so people can watch it. But it's, it's something that's rough and we can do a lot better. And maybe, and I agree with you, I think that if they come out naturally and we try and attack the scalping situation, that I'm pretty sure China uh, did a good job of doing in their domestic finals, um, then, yeah, tickets would go out pretty quickly, but you would also have fill, uh, filled seats and you would have a less of a bad experience. Because at least when you, the tickets go out quickly, you'd be like, fuck, you know, it sucks, but at least we had a, a fair chance. People just want a fair chance to be able to get those tickets. That's one thing. 
Another thing is I, I, I've been thinking a little bit more about is that there's a lot of exclusivity with brands when it comes to getting tickets. Um, since there are a lot of brands that are working with Riot, so it feels like, uh, you know, they, like they can give tickets to specific people. Um, we were in the influencer section, so I know that's one thing that, you know, uh, doesn't help. But it's like one of those things where I noticed that some people just don't show up. And so that always hurts, knowing that some people just don't show up uh, when they are given pretty much a free ride to those tickets. And so you just have an MTC. So I don't know what the solution is for that, but I just want people to have a fair shot at being able to get there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Uh, go uh, ahead, Arsh. Well, I was just going to say, like, about the thing that you were talking about, Travis. Uh, if you know Church of Danny on Twitter, uh, Julia, she's um, she goes to a really big art school in LA. Where, point being, um, she knows a bunch of Chinese international students. Uh, who were planning on going to World's Finals, like big, big groups of Chinese international students, and they all talk on Weibo and stuff because they're all connected in their community here. And like what she said was like, as soon as like their teams didn't make Worlds, like they had tickets that they just bought for however much from scalpers. Um, they had tickets and they were just disinterested in going as soon as their the, their favorite team, which was, I don't know, JDG, whatever, right, didn't make it to finals. They were just disinterested in going. So I do know from that perspective, like I know personally people who like, didn't go for that reason so outside of the influencers and obvious stuff but yeah like raz i agree that like scalpers are pieces of shit and like it needs to be fixed and influencers shouldn't be given free spots if they're not going but like those are hard things to advocate to solve when it's like it would also be great to just like have more international events and like fix this problem by nature of like economics right just mm -hmm. sell tickets in april and then people will not feel so bad when they like there were people sure. who bought tickets plane tickets non-refundable and just went and watched outside in the rain because their tickets were plane tickets were non-refundable like i don't know i had so many people come up to me and thank me for doing the ticket video which i don't take as like a pat on the back for oh like people watch my video i take it as like how on point that uh, that sentiment was from people on how frustrated yeah. they were with tickets so i had some friends chat. who flew out without tickets someone in the chat yeah mentioned pax west being a good example of like stopping scalpers there are ways to do it then i don't know how i don't know about this situation but if they can make an attempt that'd be nice yeah anyway sure. thank you arsh for the call anything you want to shout out uh always gonna shout out na men um we have our podcast is doing really well we're almost at a thousand listens all time which is like way higher than we thought it was gonna be because we we're just kind of doing it for fun uh but yeah check out na men check out the podcast wait is it na uh, men and not name men I think it's an amen. I got yelled at. Delphi, Delphi yelled at me for calling it an amen. So now, is it an amen because you guys are talking about an amen? Yes. Yes. Okay. Th that is the meme about it, is that it looks like amen, uh, but then it's an amen. Okay, so it literally is, we're talking about these an amen. No, I don't yeah. think so. I think it's an amen. It's just, I guess no, that would be a it's, funny it's pun, talking about. It's talking about North American men. That's 100% what it is. So hey, it's weird because like we didn't tell Mark about this. He just came up with a pun that we didn't think about. Wait, so we I, be I, using this. I thought for a while this was a thing. Because yeah, we, we didn't ever think about that. I don't think unless you did the episode where they were doing your own PR for you. If you're not careful, that's they what were, you guys they did yeah, an episode you know about the men of the hey, League of Legends. They were rating, so it's NA men. They were rating the players by how hot they were and how cute they were. So I felt like yeah, NA men made sense. But then somebody told me it was NA men. So I don't know. 
I'll, I'll be honest. NA Men is also a less tapped market than like what the other podcasts are covering. No, right? that's yeah, what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, this yeah, is one like, of the reasons I, okay, hang on. Let me, I know I've done yeah. a couple stand up, but like it was funny because Numi went on the Hotline League on Friday and was like, hey, Riot should make more like K pop. Oh Riot God. and the team should make more like K pop style content. And everybody's like, oh, this is bad. And, and like my chat and Peter's chat, I guess, flamed it. Of course they flamed it because this audience doesn't want K-pop style content, but I think that there's an untapped market. Like this is how LPL and LCK yeah. operate and like that content should be being made. It's just not going to be me or Mark that are going to be making it. Maybe it'll be Rez. Um and uh and like that would bring more people into watching LoL esports which would be good. And so, like, we, even all of us who don't actually care about that content should actually Travis, want that content being made. I was literally talking you're, you're, to... Oh, sorry, go. Sorry. I was going to say, Travis, you're, you're so wrong. I really like my 90% male demographic. Yeah. I don't want these uh, attracting oh people from different backgrounds and interest levels. Like, that's just not a, something I want for my sport. I Keep was talking all to... all dudes. Yeah. I was talking to Daniel Clerk about this clerky earlier, literally earlier today. We were talking on Twitter. Like, Valorant is so successful in the high school collegiate level because guess what? When you when you attract half of the population that you were previously alienating, you grow much faster. Like, who knew? There's this whole this whole other half of the population. I've never talked to them, of course, but like, you could just grow your game by appealing to women also at the same time. Like, incredible. Like, I don't know. It's just. I didn't like Doublelift chat was also like being as soon as Numi went on they were like oh my god she's so hot and like as I don't know I did not like any of the chat's reactions to yeah, her. Yeah I just want to say I uh, I thought it was solid. I always as as much as I flame my own Twitch chat I definitely think it's among the more appropriate groups of yeah, Twitch Twitch Yeah your chat players. was way better than his I will say that 100%. Anyway thank you so much Arsh anything you want to shout out? I already shouted out any man any other shout outs I don't know. Uh you guys did great. Nope. I waved at Travis during uh, World's Finals, and he waved back, and I, Drew is great. I also love meeting Drew. Everyone I met at Worlds was great. Mark is going to have you guys. an aneurysm, so you got to go. Let's Bye. Thank you. Oh, we got 10 minutes left. <laughs> we can we can go a little over. It's also 12 minutes. Anyway. Uh, try try no fucking chance. You were World late. Finals just happened. I'm out of here. Okay. <laughs> uh, thank you, Kylo Zen, for the 32 months. That's Any a cool last name, too. Any other primers out there? Any other primers? Okay. Mark should be back here in just a second. I want to give a shout out, by the way, to Magic the Gathering Summit, MTG Summit, which I will be at this weekend. I'll talk about it again at the end of the show. But Tom Solomid it is here. Tom Solomid, where are you calling from? Calling from Buffalo. Buffalo. What do you want to talk about on the show? Um, I've seen a lot of people on Reddit say that this is the greatest worlds of all time. I think that it was very good, but, um, I think that 2018 worlds is better just because like this was just heavily dominated by Korea. And I have no issue with that from like a gameplay mechanical sense. But when I look at it as worlds, like the premier international tournament, when you're, when you only have like two regions represented in semis, which is like. And anyway, like three of them were Korean and the finals was fully Korean. I just look at the worlds where it had three regions in semis and then just like a multi-region final. And then the whole other storyline of Korea finally losing worlds because they just dominated from season three to 
uh, season seven. I, I just think 2018 had better storylines. I'm going to step away from this one because I am so biased towards this world because it was actually so fun for me and I loved it so much and all that stuff that I've just sort of like, it doesn't compare to anything. But I'm going to let Raz go. Raz, what do you think? 2018 was really good. It was really good. Um, just in terms of, uh, you're right, like the fact that another region ended up winning again, which is like a big positive. Um, and the storyline about IG was a really nice one. And that one was a strong one. I remember being in China for that one. And as you'd expect of any region, if your region finally wins or you find that level of success, like, I could not get on League for about an hour, guys. <laughs> I was in queue. Everyone was trying to hop onto these servers. Um, so it was, a, it was a great world. It was a 3-0 finals. Um, and Fnatic got poo-pooed on. It was just not competitive. Um, yeah. So that was my biggest thing, is that not only was it an uncompetitive finals, but the it, I felt pretty bad about KT actually getting knocked out in the quarterfinals. Um, I, I would even say semis semis were not close either. Like we just yeah. got fucking obliterated. I think Arn did. Did G two get obliterated too? G two got three to. Yeah. Yeah, it was just three O's after a good quarters. Um, and even quarters had some three O's. Like uh, did C nine Africa was the first time a, a American team or a North American team had beaten a uh, Korean in a best of five. So it was, it was yeah. hype, but it was also like not close. Like it was a moment made it hype, but like the game was. I know it was a three zero, and I will say just quickly like the that's why I was afraid of this finals because when an underdog yeah. wins, it's very rare that the underdog will continue to perform. Usually, it's like oh they overperformed in this quarterfinal or the semifinals, um, and so it's just a three zero finals almost guaranteed. Um, that's what happened with like when RNG lost to G two in the way that they did. I was like, okay, maybe I'm just hoping that G two can continue to perform, and they get three zero. I was like, fuck. Um, that was like a perfect storm, but that made the semifinals a little rougher. And that one was literally the worlds where I initially was just pissed off. There was no double like losers bracket because man, I would love <laughs> to have seen RNG, even EDG or Freak of Freaks, and absolutely KT because they were the I'm rich, but like KT was the team I really wanted to see make that run. So I'll be quick on that one. That was it. Um, so in the end of the day, I do think this was the best worlds because yeah, every series had it something. I think this this world also is a good case study of the fact that like regional representation in the end doesn't necessarily matter a ton. Yeah. Like this was the most watched finals of all time, um, but you know the West was knocked out almost immediately. Uh, China was knocked out um, pretty quickly, minus JDG, who then who then lost. So like, um, I think Tom, to your point, like it's not a sexy bracket big picture like oh it's just lck dominance who cares but like when you look at all the actual storylines going on with dk chovy um zeka deft like all the the actual details is what made it so hype and why people were so excited um and i think that combined with to Raz's point the gameplay like the narrative and gameplay were both just un unmatched this this world like a collie silas matchups you know like just mm -hmm. top lane matchups it was hype can i add a little bit um yeah, like this was probably my favorite worlds in terms of this is when I realized to the point that Mark was making, it did not matter which region was in the semis and quarters or in the finals, that is. Like group stages were great, even though North America's guys, yeah, it's got blown out. 
and Europe just got destroyed, except for Rogue, but then they got destroyed later, eventually. I was like, damn, are the fans going to be excited for it? And they were excited in group stage. They were they didn't really care for which uh, team ended up winning as long as it was exciting. Like they, it was really fun to watch. And to be fair, that people will probably mention, yeah, a lot of people flew in from either China or Korea, but North America also just had a lot of people who were ethnically from those uh, countries, but also just like I were American in the end of the day, and people who weren't just were enjoying the storylines and were cheering regardless. Um, so yeah, when we got a Korea versus Korea finals, I was really worried too, but that was probably the most hype I've seen people in general. So it made ever, me realize ever. that you don't need representation for that necessarily. Thank you so much, Tom Solomid, for the call. Kind of speed running these last two, but thank you so much. Anything you want to shout out? Uh, I just want to shout out. Are you still sponsored by Mountain Dew Game Fuel? No, I have their fridge. I, never, but and I am not. Uh, I, who are you sponsored by? Grubhub? Grubhub and Alienware? I had to run out before, and that's why I was gone from the chat. Mark uh, called me out on being gone. Um, if I had just used Grubhub, I wouldn't have had to leave my apartment. Oh. Thank you so much. That, that's it. Quality. Quality. That was amazing. Quality shout out. Thank you. That was catch solid. you next time. See you guys. Appreciate you. All right. Off he goes. Patapone, thank you for the prime. We've got a minute and a half left of the scam train, which has reactivated, and it's only at level two. Will this shit die? I don't know. But Blue Jay is here. Blue Jay, where are you joining us from? Uh, Colin from Ontario, Canada. How are you guys doing? Ontario, Canada. I hope you have an off-season hey. call take for me. Otherwise, the, the chat's going to fucking scream at me, and you it'll be Mark's what? fault. What'd what's you What's your take? The LCS and LEC should make it a top priority to enforce rules that avoid having their play their star players in contract jail. I think the contract jail shit is getting old really quick, and I think it hurts the fans, it hurts the players, and it hurts the league uh, skill ceiling. Um, yeah. Shout out to Raz for gifting ten subs in the chat. Okay, so uh, you want to give you want to give explain the background on where this conversation is coming from. Yeah, so it seems like Yankos is going to be in contract jail. It seems like Reckless is still, and obviously there was issues with Jensen. There's been a few players that have had to deal with it in just the last couple of years, and if nothing is done, we're going to have to keep dealing with it, and I think that's just awful for all the things that I just said, the league, the players, the fans, yeah. Mark, any insight into how this works in traditional sports, or do people just never end up on the bench for extended periods of time in traditional sports if they're a big name? Uh, more the latter, I would say like in like for football, a lot of th contracts are not guaranteed and like people just get cut and it's cheaper to just cut people rather than like put them in prison. Uh, apparently reckless salary is 6% of his, what it should be. So like there's some insane part of his contract that would not exist in traditional sports. Like if you like are not playing you still get your fucking contract, even if it's probably getting slashed a little bit. It's not like it becomes negligible and someone can just eat it the way it seems like people can maybe do with these ones because that's the big thing for traditional sports is like no one wants to sit on $5 million for no reason. Um, and the buyouts, like the demand is just not that high. And like, I, I would also think that um, finding a willing suitor is like easier. Like there's more supply in a sense, like there's more teams you can go to. So like, you're not going to get frozen out of like what are in these ecosystems, like realistically three teams or four teams that these people would go to. Um, that would be my, my guess for why it doesn't 
like those in some combination are for, for why it doesn't happen in traditional sports. But you still get sometimes people get um, locked down. Yeah, that that part, the pay cut part pisses me off. Where it's like, I heard forty percent for um, Yankos. If you're not playing, he's making much less. I was like, what the? First of all, the buyouts are already pretty egregious to begin with, and that's like a pretty large unchecked part of the industry is that for most parts, like when you're making, when you're signing for the contract, it's not stipulated what the buyouts would be. And it's really up to the owners. And so you end up in a situation where what happened to Jensen it happened to, it's happened to anybody that gets put in this situation, Mickey, uh, Mickey, um, you're just fucked. They will start with a ridiculous price. People won't eat it, especially these days. And then you just, by the time off season's over, it's like, okay, now we'll set it to something that's reasonable. Um, but yeah, good luck for the split. Good luck for the year. And in the perks situation, it was like, yeah, we will, you can eat the buyout, but you can't trade him to fanatic. It's like, what the fuck is going on here? And I really wish it would be discussed at some point. And it's yeah, for the LCS and LEC side it's pretty wild. And then I think underneath in Academy, um, it's even more ridiculous. So I really wish that there would be some, you know, something done about it, but these are legal contracts. So it's just weird to me yeah. that agents like one, if you're a player and you don't have representation, what are you doing? Like yep. I, I, in that situation, I feel like the player should be taking the heat more than anybody else. And then two, uh, if you have representation and this is happening to you, fire your representation because like, I don't know how they're letting you get signed, especially like these bigger names. I don't know how they're getting signed into the stuff. If you're an academy player and you're in contract jail, that's a little different, I think. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So uh, the reckless commented on this a little bit in one of his streams where he said like he knew the contract was kind of scuffed and his agent was like, "Don't do that." And he was like, "Oh, it'll be worth it. It'll be fine." Kind of He's thing. Like, it's okay. I'm going to smurf. <laughs> so yeah, then yeah, think, like uh, that's a perfect for, example, right? Like um so like he kind of did that for Yankos, I don't know. Um Grabs had a tweet as well where he was saying, like, hey, don't flame the players because, like, free agency is a really stressful period. And, like, when someone gives you a good contract and there's some things in there that you don't like and you have to, like, get into this negotiation, the, the time timer's coming down. You know, he was just saying that, like, sure. it's, it's more stressful than people give it credit for. All that's to say the players could do a better job of it. The team shouldn't be doing this. But, like, Riot, as the entity that's in control of this ecosystem, should just prevent bad actions from taking place. They did it already where there was the no trade to Fnatic clause put into the perks contract when he went from G2 to C9 that was in there. And then Riot said, you cannot do this anymore. You can't say as a part of a contract that this contract can't go to somewhere else. They should just do that as well with like buyouts can't exceed X or like you can't price gouge your player if they're not starting. Um, if you end up signing someone and then not starting them, then fucking release them from their contract. Yeah, my, my take like, was more so about going forward rather than the things that have already happened. Like, don't get me wrong, I think Reckless getting 6% is bullshit. But I guess what my question for you guys was going to be is, is there anything that the league can do moving forward to make sure that this stuff doesn't happen again? Like, I mean, they could put a rule in where you're, you have to pay like a minimum percentage of whatever salary is right. the baseline, right? Like, maybe they put the floor at like 60% or something. I don't know. Yeah, I have a, f a few recommendations, and you guys can let me know if these are all just not speed, speed run the one, them because Mark's yeah. The one was what you just said, so a mandatory like you have to compensate X percent. The other one was: is there a way that like for the LCS specifically that all contracts signed would have to go or be 
um, looked over by the LCSPA, for example, rather than having them like they don't have to be your lawyer lawyer and like advocate for you that you should make X amount of money, but at least over go over it and say like you're getting fucked here, by the way. So try to like, is there is that something? I mean, that I don't think done? I think my belief and maybe this is born out of ignorance is that there's nothing stopping the player from showing it to the players association and asking for advice. And they actually okay. have like a contract database that they make available to other people, I think to sort of share information that way. So like, again, like I don't, it's really tough because I understand like riot should prevent bad actors. I also just like, I, I, I am confused by, some of the decisions that are made by players in the space. Yeah. yeah, I will say the the one that the people that are most vulnerable, uh, being academy, and not having representation because it is what it is. You're probably not making enough. Um, and then even if you were to have the option to look, yeah, I've had I think a few players ask me to look over their contracts. It's one of those things where it's like that's always nice, but you, sometimes you just don't have the liberty. You know, you're in free agency period, and then an organization is giving you a very limited time to be like, by the end of the day, just sign this or, you know, or we're looking elsewhere. I've heard this multiple times. There are some orgs that literally just will speed run the shit out of it just so they can, it's pretty predatorial to get people to just sign on the dotted line. So that system, to Mark's point, has to change. Um, and Riot needs to probably find a way to get in there. Yeah. Could Riot implement a rule that you have to have a lawyer to sign? Uh, I don't think so, no. but I don't know. No, don't you probably so. don't want to do that. Not applicable. Yeah, okay. And then I guess the I last mean, one that I had, the the last idea that I had is maybe you could have a buyout deadline because it seems like Reckless is still getting screwed over by the buyout. So like maybe if after a year someone still hasn't bought you out, then you can be let go of your contract or something like that. I don't. Again, I don't know how applicable that would be either, but that would be the last one that I could think of as, as a rule to not have someone in contract prison at least for multiple years. Uh, maybe I, I kind of like the idea of just making sure that it's hard capped at a somewhat lower end of the actual salary that you're getting or something, like um, a percentage. Yeah. Like you, your buyout can't exceed 50%. So if you make a million, your buyout can't be more than 500 K or something. I, I don't know. Um, people talk about how, uh, when I said also no to the, the can't sign without like a no T kind of thing or like a legal entity of some kind like you can of course put that in there but i just don't think that's necessary or good because like huni's negotiated all his own contracts and he's done phenomenal <laughs> like why why should huni get punished because he's a better negotiator than his <laughs> and then suddenly like someone gets a percentage just for signing his piece of paper when he did all the yeah. work you know like Fair I, that's that's why i'm against needing the the agents and it pushes people into agencies and stuff when they might not need it. So um, that, that was more my point, just that they shouldn't do that. All right, because this was the only off-season uh, thing, I will put some of the things that I would put into a predictions video right here, since I know a lot of people waited around hoping that we'd have something, which is a couple predictions. Predictions. that I would put these in the predictions video. Maybe I still will if I do it tomorrow. Uh TSM probably probably is, is a prediction would run back uh, Chime, Maple, and Solo. I also think that they are probably going to, like several teams, try to have their budget be around basically what they make back from the league, which I have heard is somewhere in like the 2 to $3 million range. Um, that is, that when I say that as their budget, I mean, I think a lot of teams are probably going to be trying to figure out how to break even with money that they get from 
from Riot. And I mean that also with like coaching and stuff like that. Um, I worry a lot about people's content budgets next year. Uh, I am worried about Jensen right now because I haven't heard any rumors of where he might end up. And so I think it would be ironic if he sits another spring split out. Uh, I have heard that... What else? What else? What else? Uh, I heard a rumor about Papa Smithy having a new job. He's in the chat. Sorry, Papa Peace. Smithy, if that's annoying to you. Um, I mean, that'd be the weirdest league. Is it's like he has another job? Is like I would expect though. <laughs> at, at one of the at one of the LCS teams. Um, okay. I believe that Fudge Blabber and Berserker will probably stay at C nine. Really cool. Uh, um, I uh, think that Closer and Santorin could and or Santorin could end up at. Maybe TSM or CLG. I don't know if CLG will run back their full roster. I'm no longer as very. I'm not no longer 100 confident that they will. Um, I think that's enough for now. Anyway, maybe I'll do my my video soon on uh, guesses for off season stuff, but uh, or predictions or whatever. But I just wanted to give you guys something since I know everybody was spamming and we only had one off season take. Um. The again, you these should have are, told me you wanted to do that. I would have, I would have pulled it. We could have done it at the beginning to bait people on from Reddit to get here, dude. These we could are, optimize that content. These are predictions. These are predictions. They are not reports or guarantees. So make sure that this part clip what I just said, because when other people clip the other parts and they only put that out, but then they don't clip the other part, then you seeing that on the social media somewhere can also clip the part where I said these are predictions, not guarantees, and have it as the top comment in that Reddit thread or whatever. SMH. No Mark not giving Travis the platform to hit this content. People That's were also crazy. asking... Did Travis ever say that he wanted to cover a bunch of off-season I, I was saying, did... I was saying at the start of the show, people can play it back. I was like, yeah, I want to mostly talk about finals, but we should talk about some off-season stuff. And then you're like... Yeah, but that doesn't say that you want to list... Like, that is not descriptive at all. You could have just... They would have just come up naturally. They would have just come up naturally in people's off-season takes. I just thought we took some. Anyway, uh, the other thing is... Why did you tell me you wanted rumors and not, like... Some people... say what you wanted. Some people... This is the worst communication of a co-host ever, dude. Just, just tell me before the show... On 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 Facebook, tell me. I just when we're uh, live, just say them. I naturally. Show, I, can... I I titled the stream "World Finals Plus Off Season Episode." Um, the other thing is, I saw some people in the chat saying, "Why is off season so slow?" I think there's a variety of reasons. One is, uh, Team Liquid is not doing their normal thing of like speed rushing off season, which lights a fire underneath everybody else. I think another thing is that the market is softening. Um, for salaries and buyouts and all that stuff. And so that kind of just it, naturally, there's also kind of a component where like a lot of teams are kind of just like sitting back and waiting to see what happens, I think, and what who's available and what's going on. So I think that's also kind of slowed things down. I also think like, will Peter play? And if so, what team is sort of the first domino? And that has, I think there's a leading candidate or answer to that at this point in time, but uh, Dignitas. I don't. <laughs> Raz, don't leak that shit. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, uh, I think that that is also since that domino hasn't fallen out uh, yet. I think that that's also something that's kind of holding stuff back. Okay, 
Anyway, uh, I got a leak. I got a leak too that a uh, 2016 TSM is reuniting. Um, I wow. saw an, a picture of some of them hanging out together. I also think a uh, 2021 TSM is or 2020 TSM. Yeah, 2020 TSM summer is reuniting. Um, I saw an image of them. If they did, well. do you think it'd be the whole five team, five man team, Mark? Yeah, both both teams are both teams are full five reuniting under TSM. Um, one's going to be playing in academy, and they're going to be swapping their starters based off um, who plays better that week in scrims. 2016 TSM and 2020 TSM. It's uh, tough to say because some of those players are on both rosters, so it's going to be a really tough scrim situation. Um, but you know, we'll just—that's what I heard. That was my rumor. Uh, thank you so much, Blue Jay, for the call. Anything you want to shout out? Uh, just a shout out to the people that I see on Twitter always giving the players advice and whatnot so that they don't get in these just trash contracts and don't get fucked over. I think that's pretty OP for the people that don't have to do that, but do it anyway. Okay. Thank you so much for the call, and we'll catch you next time. Okay, goodbye. That's the show. A rumor as well. That's the show, everyone. Oh, no, I want to hear Raz's rumor. It's not fair that only you got to do rumors. Raz has a rumor. See, I have a rumor. See? I heard that a popular content creator and coach FL, um, First Light, will be coaching in the LCS once again. So just watch out for that one. The way you describe that makes people act well think that that will actually be true, Raz. <laughs> Why wouldn't hey, it be? Because, because you didn't facts. say it in a way, because he said it in like a meme -y. You have to be a blunt with it as if you want to make it into a joke. You have to be like, I've well, heard that LS is giving up FL. everything to coach I didn't Dignitas. Say LS. I said first Yes, light. but when you say it that way, people think you're coding it. Because, like, all these other roster people are, like, putting things out as, like, codes and stuff. And so people think that you're coding it, and they actually think it's true. Which is for the best, honestly. And, and a lot of people do, like, pray for Ellis to come back and coach again. So I just feel like you're, you're giving them false hopes. Uh, what? No one thinks 2016 TSMs were united. Look, if anyone takes what I say about FL joining the LCS seriously, they they need to get checked in, guys. <laughs> no, I actually heard a similar rumor that First Light was joining 2016 TSM. <laughs> see, oh, see? Mark's doing it right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's the show. I've got a couple shout-outs, but I'll let you guys run first. Raz, what you got? Oh, nothing much. Um, NEST is coming out, so I'm probably going to be either streaming NEST or making a video talking about it a little bit. That's going to be my off-season, is just trying to talk about, uh, you know, what I used to love doing in the off-season, which is some boot-ass leg, boot-ass leg, bootleg-ass uh, streams on either NEST and Demacia Cup. That's going to be my goal. Okay. And uh, Mark, what you got? Uh, i am got a little bit going on this week, like I mentioned at the top of the show, but after that, I'm just going to be DJing off-season, working on my side projects. Finally getting some time to work on those. Um, I don't know if we're doing Genshin Impact again. I will need to talk about that, see if our resin refresh is coming back. I got Nahida. Still working on getting her stuff all figured out. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, other than that, shout out uh, Ultimate List whenever that comes out. I'll tweet about it. Poggers. Okay. Uh, a couple different things for me. I am going to be at MTG Summit this weekend. Um, it is a Magic the Gathering event that is happening in Salt Lake City. I, despite being somebody who is just getting into Magic within the last couple months, am going to be a special guest at this <laughs> at this thing somehow. 
against all odds. Uh, it's Friday through Sunday in Salt Lake City. Uh, if you see me there, please say hi because I have gotten used to that over the last five weeks and I'm going to start going through withdrawals. Uh, secondly, I am going to be at Dragonsteel 2022, which is Brandon Sanderson's convention, on Monday and Tuesday in that same convention hall in Salt Lake City. If you see me there, please say hi because I've gotten used to that over the past five weeks and I'm going to hit withdrawals. Uh, Next up, I have a bunch of cool content coming out this week, including the John Needham interview we talked about earlier in the show. Please make sure that you watch that, because normally that stuff doesn't perform as well, even though it should, because it's some of the most crazy stuff ever. Um, if you have any pro tips on how to play Magic, let me know. Uh, we got some cool surprise test content coming soon. Thank you, everybody who came out in person for Hotline League. It was really good. And uh, goodbye, Mark and Raz. Thank you guys. For yeah, shout there. out, shout out to the uh, in-person fans. That was awesome, especially uh, the last one. The crowd was super big, and it was cold as shit. Uh, but yeah, shout out to all the fans who showed up to everything. That was really cool. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, I will get to see Brandon Sanderson because I'm playing in the. I got a ticket to the uh, Magic the Gathering draft that's there, and I'm also maybe interviewing him. Stay tuned for that. Oh, wait. As an aside, I don't know when Hotline League is happening next. Mark and I will talk about it later, but. I mean, Monday night, I'm at the Dragonsteel convention, so... Uh-oh. And I'm... Is this continuing forever? It might be... No, it might be dead. This After might be the, the last episode. over when we should have talked about off-season roster rumors, Travis and Mark have parted ways from TGI. Uh, that's my off-season roster rumor, is that there's an off-season roster rumor riff. Uh, Fionn... Off, off-roster rumor. Wasn't Fionn... Fionn said that, uh... Papa Smithy just messaged me and said, "Oi, no leaks." So I, can't, I cannot cannot comment further on uh, any of any of things, including what's going on with him. Um, Mark is leaving Hotline League and Travis Gafford Industries to go back into coaching for Team Liquid or a TSM Super Team. That sounds pretty good to me. He spelled Crazy. it leaks like the onion, so maybe he just doesn't like those. Anyway. Uh, thanks, everyone. See you this weekend. Oh, stick around on stream. Uh, I'll show you the new episode of Surprise Test, which is from LCS Finals. And uh, you just need to stick around for 10 minutes because I get this bounty and I haven't done a bounty in months. All right. Bye.